Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name is Kevin. And my name is Daniel. And this is episode 127, and I did not break eye contact with Daniel. No, it's kind as of As I said that. Kind of romantic. You looked away, like, immediately when well, I was like, welcome to the Save You're like, oh. <laughs> no, you look at this. Because it's like getting into a character. Like, I right. let you do your thing, I don't look at you directly, and then I have to, like, kind of drop in the mood of being a podcast you think this is a character yeah you think my podcasting is a characterization (laughs) (laughs) i was singing i was singing daniel the podcasting song Mm -hmm. before it was it's time to make the sounds they like with jokes and opinions about gaming you were were saying that the podcast should be played in in clubs it should they should turn off the the ratatat and the and the young chains flume Hmm? Flume. Oh, yeah. People are sick out what's, there. Huh? What's the one that people really like? <laughs> people are sick out there? I didn't say flume. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Porter Robinson. I think that's a... Porter Robinson. That's an artist that people really enjoy. That sounds like a book that they make you read in English class. <laughs> it's time to cr- crack open Porter Robinson class. Yeah. Oh, no. Fuck, I don't want to read Hemingway. No, please. <laughs> he got away from his own writing. I can't. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> well, welcome back to another episode of Video Games The Conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that would have been a better name for this podcast. Video Games The Conversation. Video Games The Conversation, right? Why play them? It'd be hard to fit on a like a logo or yeah. a t-shirt. De- oh, I yeah. mean... Sure. But we could shorthand it. So yeah. video game. So VG. VG. TC. VGTC. TC. Welcome to the VGTC. How you doing, guys? My name is Kevin. This My is name is Daniel. still Daniel. Yeah. Still Daniel. Hello. Hello. How are you? We got nothing but bangers today in uh, the video game news yes. world, including uh, harassment at a studio. Um, is something to get delayed? No. There's no, no, no delays, delays in this week. one. No. Huh. No. Nope. So oh, we got the bingo some... card doesn't get full, filled out then, huh? It's just harassment. Just harassment. And turfs. Harassment and turfs. Bingo. There we go. There we go. Bigotry. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. All right. So We're yeah. Green light go. We're bringing the news back to y'all because a lot of stuff happened this week. There's a few things uh, mm-hmm. notable uh, to conversate about. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you something before we get into it, though. Yeah, why haven't we talked about Ukraine yet on the podcast? Is that what you're about to ask me? No. Uh-oh, looks like I opened that can of worms. <laughs> well, I guess now that we're there, Itchio was doing a, a, a bundle sale for Ukraine, Ooh. which is pretty cool. I don't know if it's still up, but I think it was like you spend 10 bucks on a huge game bundle and then all proceeds go to Ukraine. Yeah, I, I bring it up because it's been interesting to see like the different developers kind of say, hey, we're pulling out of Russia in one mm-hmm. way or another, whether it's like our game is not available there or our digital marketplace is not going to happen there. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the world continues to sanction or uh, strangle Russia in order to get them to stop bullying an entire country. And I do mean uh, uh, murdering people needlessly. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you could stop doing that, Russia, that would be... A big solid awesome. for the world. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Being a dickhead, Putin. Yeah, seems like a big dickhead, that guy. Yeah, very concerned about his image. But what's he want? He wants the Soviet Union back? We the fucking Listen, we Mr. Gorbachev, break down that wall. What the fuck? You want to erase that moment? What kind of a bitch does that? That was a big moment, dude. That was huge. Yeah, so this whole thing's fucked up. And it's, yeah, it's affected a lot of studios, a lot of people, obviously, human lives. There were studios, game studios in the Ukraine. I think Stalker. Uh, What's that? Stalker Stalker did it? Oh my god. Yeah, so they, uh, 
Yeah, they're, they're big, big impacts there, mm-hmm. I'll tell you. I was reading an article, I think it was Polygon or Kotaku, talking about a game studio that, like, oh, a few of our devs have, like, enlisted in the war effort mm-hmm. to, like, protect our country against Russia. So it's like we went from, like, designing a game to, like, oh, we're waging warfare on our own streets. And the reason they, they get enlisted is because they know the city so well. Mm-hmm. And so they can, like, figure out how to plan around, like, tank invasions. They're doing things like even changing the street signs to fuck up with Russian troops. Wow. To so fuck them up. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. War, war Follow this is crazy. And efforts are something that I obviously don't have a head for. And we've been fortunate enough in our, our living we life gone to, war in a to not have a war on American soil. You know, we've yeah. had terrorist events and stuff that's happened, obviously, in the Middle East and elsewhere. But, yeah, that's it's got to be a, a rough thing on the daily there, right? You never Constant. Know, you never yeah. know what you're going to wake up to. Mm-hmm. You never know if your family is going to be alive. Uh, it, yeah, so... Just in case anybody was like confused about our stance on this, uh, pretty, I mean, pretty against uh, Russia invading the yeah, Ukraine. Yeah, pretty against that. Uh, I, I think that's the nominal message that the world has been yeah. trying to. Save room says. Save room says. Save room says support Ukraine. Right there, you go. So that wasn't what I was going to ask you though. Oh, where are you oh that's, that me? wasn't what I was going to set the stage with. So at the time of recording, it is March twentieth. Sure. This week. Yeah. Something big is happening that pertains to your interests. Returnal's getting an update, free update for co-op and uh, the endless mode. Yeah, there's that too. Oh. Halo, the TV series. Oh. The first episode drops on the 24th. Oh, okay. Yeah. Paramount Plus. Are you interested at all? I would be so interested if it were on a streaming service I had and paid mm. for already out yeah. of the nine that I uh, own and pay for. Okay. I don't think I'm going to tip the scale one more for... Uh, for mm. what Paramount Plus? What am I getting out of Paramount Plus? Some Indiana Jones and the new, uh, the new, <laughs> the new Paranormal Activity. Is that what I'm getting? Rugrats, maybe. Oh, uh, fucking ru- y'all! Is it Lower Decks on there? That animated Lower Star De- Trek show. Oh, yeah. I'm a big, I'm a big Trek hard. <laughs> it's got Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid. Yeah. You know, I like that guy. His daddy, mm-hmm. Dennis Quaid. Mm-hmm. Dennis Quaid is in Jaws three. Previously known as Jaws 3D because, a <laughs> little known fact, you go to the theaters mm-hmm. back in like 82, 83, whatever this this movie came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in 3D. Okay. <laughs> right on. Well, I guess, okay. I guess you're not going to watch the <laughs> Halo show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably, probably not. I'm not going to. I mean, I'm, I'm fine. I don't mm-hmm. know. I hear it's okay. I think it, I think it's all got, it got like a 7 on IGN. Mm-hmm. That's okay. That's, yeah. I don't know how That's much decent. of it they got ahead of time because i think it's coming out like one episode at a time okay can we get past that can we get past that like release schedule for like tv and stuff where it's like oh even though it's a internet streaming Mm -hmm. we're gonna make it event tv fuck off fucking fucking drop it and just have the whole goddamn season in front of me dog it's tough because obviously let me eat how i want streaming consuming culture of media how we want it now we want it right now we want it all right now right yeah when I was watching Euphoria, like I halfway through season two of Euphoria, yeah, like I was like, oh, I'll start watching the show now because I hadn't seen it yet. Oh, you so, mean like? So I, I went oh. back and I watched, I, I watched season one for the first time, okay. kind of consumed it really fast, and then caught up to the point where season two was currently airing, and it was I think at like episode six, okay, and then episode seven and eight were ones that like you know I had to wait on the weekly cadence for it to come out. And it was a weird feeling to have to get back into like waiting for a show yeah. to come out. It was cool to have something to look forward to every week. Kind of, uh, I do like that. Kind of similar to how it was when I was watching Dexter new blood where I'm like, you know what? I would binge this show, but it's fine that I have to wait once a week to watch it. So mm-hmm. I, I'm torn, right? Like I obviously love binging shit and watching it in like a three day span, but 
I don't know. I, I gotta wonder like what factors into how a company like doles that content out, right? Um, marketing and attention probably because mm. you can you know instead of having IGN just review your full season order, yeah, uh, there's an article every week about your your TV show. True, that's kind of like uh, stimulating people's minds, going maybe I should get into this Yellow Jackets mm. <laughs> situation. That's how it works, right? Yeah, I guess it's different though, where like the streaming giants, right? Like mm-hmm. Hulu, Netflix, and then probably well Amazon does weekly, right? Uh, yeah, like the boys and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's tough where they, like, they control how that stuff happens, but, like, something that's getting funneled through, like, cable then to streaming, like, okay. Dexter or Yellow Jackets, right? Like, that is airing weekly, so we have obviously have to wait for it to hit streaming services. Yeah, that's right. In correlation. That's right. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, like, yeah, there, there's some excitement to the idea of, like, every week I'm getting a new Marvel show on Disney+, Plus, for instance, mm-hmm. right? Um, but if something's available to me all at once, I'm just like, oh, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's how I feel about it. So they're doing Halo on a weekly cadence? All right. Yeah. I'm mildly interested. Like I said, I don't, I can't do another streamer. I'm pretty sure I got fucking, I got Shudder somewhere yeah. in the background. I haven't really played with that. I got Disney Plus. I got Netflix. I'm playing for very expensive Netflix, by the way, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, they uh, just raise their prices to like 20 bucks a month. They raise their prices every week and people just don't realize <laughs> that that's what they do. They, they raise it like by five cents every week and mm. they just like see if anybody like writes an article and, and maybe like uh, uh, Gadget or something like picks up and goes, wait a second, <laughs> my bill's different. And then they go, oh yeah, yeah, we yeah. told you about this. Soon we're going to be paying <laughs> as much for Netflix a month as we do gas. Yes. So Yeah, that's probably true. Okay, well, anyway, so what's his name? Pablo Schreiber is the chief. How do you feel about that? Who's Pablo Schreiber? He was, so I think is what, Lieb or Lib Schreiber's brother? Who oh, is he? Who played Sabretooth. That's really funny. Um, okay. You would know. That he's related to people. It makes me laugh. Yeah. I don't know why. You would know him <laughs> as Pornstash from Orange is the New Black. Ah, uh, vaguely. And he was also in Weeds. I guess there was a whole Genji Cohen thing with it, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's a uh, good actor. Right, and he's he's the Halo Man. He's the Halo Man. Right on. Good for the Halo Man. Mm-hmm. Why did they make Cortana skin color? <laughs> they made her not blue. Oh. She's not blue in this one. Because this is not the same universe. Mm-hmm. They even said, like, oh, this is a different, like, canon. So okay. they can probably not, you know, be stuck to what the game story is. That's which fair. is fine. Is there, like, a canonical i can never get that word right is there a canon based reason for why she's blue for why she's blue she's a hologram that's that's it she's just like a blue hologram so if you see her in person she's normal looking she is not a person she is she is a hologram as i mentioned before she's an ai oh okay okay katana is not a human gotcha okay she's based on she's not a hologram of a person no 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 no. she is she is an ai uh with a holographic projection of herself (laughs) that's that's thick (laughs) no she's hot across the games Yeah. yeah Uh, and then the new version of Cortana that has this like crazy like wince like in the new Halo Infinite she has like a constant wince on her face she's mm-hmm. always like Ugh. like she like she made a joke but like she knows it's not funny and she's <laughs> waiting for people to like to go like ah like at her or something yeah. like she has this constant look on her face I don't know why mm. they're like yeah we're gonna jump in the next gen and make this woman look severely uncomfortable well that <laughs> describes most women you know <laughs> in, just because like in they, video games. they're always waiting for men or somebody to say something or do something to them so they're always prepared they got the right. face ready for right so. She She's just like bracing for impact yeah. for the chief to say something sexist. <laughs> Understood. Yeah, I hope he doesn't say anything sexist. The chief? Yeah. I don't think, I think he's chemically castrated. Hmm. Like 
Canonically. Okay. Oh, you got the word right. Chemically castrated. <laughs> Canonically, chemically castrated. Oh, wow. Okay. Is, is what it, is I'll what never it do is. that five times. Five times fast, fast right? Yeah, no, no. Um, so I don't think he knows the sex, but he does have mm-hmm. emotional connections. And those are just as strong as a penis. <laughs> <laughs> I love when my heart is harder than my dick. Yeah, dude. That's that's what it's about. It's so I hope I hope Pablo captures that that mind direction. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> how do you how do you harness that 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 energy of like I'm castrated, right. but also my wait, hold on, chemically castrated. Okay. Like it just doesn't go up anymore. So there's gotcha. no like tinging on the cod piece in the soup. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So no balls. No, chemically, like no, like it just like it doesn't oh, work no more. I guess it's like a like a vasectomy. Like he's had so much gene therapy on his body mm-hmm. that that penis don't get hard no more because. Hard penis means the blood's not going where it needs to in, in warfare. Okay, let me ask you something here. Yeah, what's up? So, how does the suit jack him off oh, if he can't get hard? Oh, <laughs> you found the ultimate Halo paradox, didn't you? Yeah. We're talking about the TV show universe, man. Uh, There's another, the 616 canon, <laughs> where he is hard as fuck all the time. Okay. And he gets crazy if that suit doesn't jack him off. <laughs> This is clearly outlined in in Halo, the, the novels, the, the Spirits of Onyx, if you've read that one. Yeah. No, I have not. No? Sequel to fucking Sector 7? That's kind of mm. crazy. Everyone's heard of Sector 7, the series. It's where you meet fucking Fireteam Noble. I'm just making up terms that I vaguely yeah, sound Halo-like. It all sounds right to me. I'm just like smiling <laughs> like an idiot, nodding yeah, along. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right yeah. on. Well, okay, Halo, coming yeah, soon. Halo, Halo Plus, or whatever it's called. we should do a plug oh hi everyone well we're the save room the only gaming podcast that hasn't been canically chemically castrated (laughs) (laughs) you can find us on soundcloud.com slash the save room show or spotify itunes stitcher and of course google play if you want to see our faces you can catch my boy daniel at dungeons wait what is it good it's dungeons and daniels yeah dungeons and daniels at twitch.tv and you can find me the red herb at twitch.tv i stream i put a put up a poll today to see what i'm gonna stream i voted Did so you yeah vote? you you've been doing this kind of extended elden ring stream thing because you, you beat the game you got two trophies left. You're on kind of the new game plus runs right now. Trying um, to get the last two trophies. So you've been streaming some yeah. of that. Uh, and then what? You did Dawn of Beasts? I did. And then Final Fantasy. Dawn of the Monsters, my Oh, sorry. sorry. Dawn of the Monsters. Sorry, sorry. Dawn of Beasts. Wow. And then I'm going to get this one wrong. But Final Fantasy Origin, Stranger of Paradise? Uh, dude, flip it. Okay. <laughs> Stranger of Paradise, Final, Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy Origin. Okay. And not Origins. No S. It's what, just the Origin. What a mouthful. One Origin. Okay. Um, you know, it's funny that's a mouthful for a game that's so poorly fucking written. <laughs> it's it's fascinating to me. Man, what a fun game that's bad. It's a bad game that's fun. What are some of the worst elements of it? Because obviously the writing stands out as like the writing really is terrible. Schlocky. The performances are really fucking bad. Like this feels like um if this were an anime, it would be like a studio's first anime mm. and it would be flash animation. But it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so bad dude it's it's crazy bad um and it, it makes it me almost, laugh it's really funny though it feels like they gave the actors like different scripts and they're not reacting normally to each other right like none of it feels like cohesive at all the story is not cohesive things are pretty bad shit um the scene transitions are completely be- bewildering mm-hmm. like the as music if, transitions as too. if Nomura did it himself <laughs> <laughs> 
Like he didn't hire somebody. Like he did it in his like his weekend time mm-hmm. to like put together the cutscenes. That's how they are. Yeah, like that was really weird. So it starts with that Frank Sinatra song, right? Mm-hmm. My way, and like it cuts off at the chorus in the opening cutscene, and the next scene doesn't even reference the song at all. Like it's just like it starts and it just fucking literally fades out, dies. And mind you, on PlayStation, this is a completely blocked scene, mm-hmm. gameplay block scene. You can't you can't record yeah. this scene. They're afraid of the poor snippet that they took out of it was going to be like giving people some uh, DMCA's. Yeah. I don't think that's true. I think they were just embarrassed by how bad it was, and they released it that way. <laughs> Your reaction must have been gold in that moment. Uh, I don't think so. I think I'm just in shock most of it. Mm. I'm like, I'm not reacting. I feel nothing. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, how did they do this, right? Um, but the game plays good, at least. The cause... gameplay is good. Very reminiscent of Neo, but definitely nowhere near as hard. Mm. It is nowhere near as hard. It's pretty simple to play, Yeah. but it's overburdened by, you get like a million pieces of armor and swords every like enemy you kill, which okay. is like too much. It's like, can you fucking just stop yourself for three Mm. seconds there's like a geyser of like loot coming out of these enemies and it's garbage within two seconds Mm. and you know i got borderlands almost almost like uh making the concession that they know that they put too many fucking items in the game there is a touchpad button in the menu that just gives you like optimize my entire kit Mm -hmm. and it does it and i've just been doing that i don't even look through the gear I don't even look at it. I just go like, give give me the big stats because I can't fucking sort through your millions of items that are stupid as fuck. I hope it doesn't do the thing that a lot of inventory based games do, where you run out of like room for things, so you have to kind of cycle stuff out. You have five hundred slots. Yeah, well, if every enemy is dropping like yeah. a thing, well, you do run out yeah. of room. Yeah, I'm saying, but you have five hundred, yeah. so deal with five hundred, however you need to. Okay, and then you got your party. Mm-hmm. You got your you got so there's Jack who. I don't know what Proud Boys meeting he came out of that Nomura was just like, that's an American protagonist. And I'm like, oh, jeez. Oh, Nomura, no. He's a QAnoner. No. And then he's got his friends, uh, Ash and Jed, who are bafflingly dressed as if they're from, like, the, the like, like normal, modern day like oh, just here yeah just here walking around out of a j crew ad or something like hey what's going on or we just hit up a sale at forever 21 and then they like walking around fucking uh south center that's what that's what they look like and yet everyone else is a final fantasy character mm-hmm. i'm bewildered I'm, I'm confused very bizarre and also we're apparently in the canon of final fantasy one mm-hmm. this is a setup for final fantasy one mm-hmm. and i was just like does anyone know why he has a, a cell phone he has a cell phone. He's listening to Limp Biscuit. Does anybody understand this? So is that actually a thing that happened in that the game? That happens in the game. Oh, wow. I thought that was a joke. No, nobody edited that. That's that, This is <laughs> happening. And it's a lot. And I don't understand most of it. But, like, mm. you could... I don't know if it's a parody or if Nomura thinks, like, oh, this shit's actually cool. I'm he like, probably oh. thinks it's cool. Yeah, that's probably the sad Which, part. It's, yeah. it's weird because, like, other, like, regional, continental, country cultures, right, they're often behind like where our current day culture is right so like that's why you go to like somewhere like brazil and they're finally getting into like 90s metal right like Mm. it seems like there's a delay with some of that stuff feeding over so this was probably cool in the year 2000 on the dot well you think the internet would have helped with some of (laughs) that right you have instant access to like different cultures Mm -hmm. maybe you can just kind of do a pulse check and be like Mm -hmm. are are people still down with the limp (laughs) you know i mean i am you put, I, I you know put, you are. You but... put Limp Biscuit in a game, and I'm there for it. <sighs> and no one's talked to you about this yet. No. All right, somebody's coming by tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's it's fun. 
The gameplay's fun. It's okay. fun hacking up uh, Final Fantasy creatures. Nice. Like, uh, what's a fire bomb thing? I think it's just called a bomb. A fireman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the 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 coral coral. The, the corals, yeah. The dog panther mm-hmm. thing with the fucking weird antennae coming out of his, his whiskers. Yeah. There's Final Fantasy creatures and things. It plays with Final Fantasy ideas. It does. <laughs> is the thing. So. It does. Um, I, I had fun with the demo. I thought it was interesting on a gameplay level, but it was a little hard when you get to that first fight with Chaos or Garland or whoever that was. I forget at this point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Neither apparently. That's the answer. That's okay, the funny gotcha, part of it. Gotcha. It's a, well, apparently, it's a girl named Neon. Oh, okay. Well, apparently they scaled the difficulty down from there, and there's like difficulty slider options, which yeah, you I got hadn't anticipa- you got anticipated. S- you got story, you got action, mm-hmm. and then you got hard, and then you have another tier, chemically castrated. Chemically castrated. Yeah, that's a tough one. Which is Jack, yeah. <laughs> Jack. <laughs> <laughs> who has an Eminem haircut, roaming around and just saying things like bullshit. No way. <laughs> he reminds me of a discarded character that would have been in Kingdom Hearts as part of, like, Organization 13. So, like, the Black Hood guys. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Talk about a man that's made a career making just bad stuff that people love. Good God. Got Kingdom Hearts under his belt. Mm-hmm. He's got this. Uh, I love Final Fantasy XV. Mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> so but that game has warts. Yeah. It's got warts. It's got yeah. warts. It's got some... It stinks from time to time. You know what I'm saying? It stinks. I'm interested in checking this game out. I think it's yeah. probably going to be one of those like $40 games for me, or I'll just borrow it from you when you're done with it. Yeah, it's a $40 game that really is like a $30 game, I'd mm-hmm. say. It's, it's got $30 feels to it. I think there's supposed to be like a season pass, too. What? Yep. What? Yeah, the f- I heard the devs tweeting about it. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they uh, were like, yo, we can stuff more items in this game. Like, way more. <laughs> The same thing, but it's different if it has a different number next to it. So there you go. I know you're not very far into it, but do you think no. this becomes its own series unto itself? Um, I don't know. I'm sure if it sells decently, because mm. they... Uh, uh, okay, so playing it, I don't think it costs them very much money to make this game. <laughs> so, if, like, if it does like okay in sales i'm sure they'll green light a sequel right away mm-hmm. you know maybe don't um bring back jack or anyone else or even nomura don't bring him back just have somebody coming else like come in play with the idea f- figure something else out let's do part two mm-hmm. let's do final fantasy 2 because nobody's ever played final fantasy 1 through 3 no, no. one on earth not at all. all right people have heard of it but all the people that have played it that they're dead yeah. they they passed away so we don't know. So you can remake these stories. You can remake these stories in the guise of souls like Neo likes. Mm-hmm. Okay, like do it. That's fine. That's fine. I'm having fun with the game. Mm-hmm. I'm just um It could be just a fun game for you to stream. It hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it hurts. I'm like some of these cutscenes fucking really hurt my body. And uh yeah, it's a bad story. Okay. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the preview on Final Fantasy Stranger with it. Yeah, yeah. I saw somebody on my timeline said that they preferred Dirge of Cerebus as far as it comes to Final Fantasy uh, spinoffs. This well, is worse than that, in their opinion. <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah. I mean, at least that game has a familiar character that people liked. Uh, Vincent. Yes. Nice. Crushed it. Never mm-hmm. beat Seven. I've never beaten Seven. Well, I don't know who these people are. When they inevitably finish... The remake series. Right. You'll get through it. 2035, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a fucking... It's going to be a long while. God damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PS6 launch title is going to be the last Final Fantasy VII game. (laughs) 
I mean, I'm in for the long run with it, right? As yeah. long as I finish these games before I turn 50. I just want somebody to know out there that when they finish the Final Fantasy VII Remake Trilogy, Quadrilogy... Whatever it's going to be, yeah. You'll probably go through some big life changes. Mm-hmm. Like, you're probably thinking, oh, I won't have any kids by then. You'll have kids by then. Mm-hmm. They'll have names, and they'll go to school. And you'll be like, oh, shit, Nomura released the Final Final Fantasy <laughs> I mean, I, I think of all the life changes that happened for me in the 10-year span that... 15 was being concepted oh yeah and a lot of, a lot happened in that 10 years right yeah a lot happened in those 10 years did 9-11 happen in those 10 years or was that no okay. no that was post 9-11 gotcha yeah. what was the thing we had after 9-11 do we have other terrorist things i think there was the boston marathon bombing oh yeah yeah yeah, no, yeah. No. so the boston marathon thing happened in your lifetime and yeah. while you were waiting for final fantasy 15 sure did <laughs> sure did <laughs> anyway yeah what's up oh we should we do a news episode i think we should get into the all right let's get into a news episode right here (laughs) i got four items for you listeners i'm so sorry for what we are what (laughs) i don't understand i was talking about final fantasy origin give it a good solid six out of ten so i have four items on the docket for you number one we'll start with some light affairs mm-hmm. supermassive games is releasing a spiritual successor to until dawn the quarry features all the hallmarks that made 2015's until dawn a hit among horror fans an isolated mountain setting an ensemble cast featuring famous faces a choice driven narrative and bloody murder each of the nine survivors you play as have around 10 to 12 opportunities to die horribly depending <laughs> on what you do which will affect the ending you get like the studio's previous games, you can play the quarry alone or in co-op so that you can make bad choices together. The game features a David Arquette, <laughs> Justice Smith, Brenda Song, Lynn Shea, and Lance Henriksen, and arrives on most platforms Mario isn't on June 10th. Okay, so everything but Switch. Mm. So interestingly enough, the quarry is not a part of the Dark Pictures Anthology, which is published by Bandai Namco. Instead, the game is a standalone game, or standalone title, published by 2K. Right on. That's interesting to know. I don't know if that relationship was coming to an end. I thought they had announced that they're doing one more game in the Dark Pictures Anthology. Mm -hmm. Like one that's kind of like a Saw-inspired situation. So this is a surprise Mm -hmm. that they're like, oh, by the way, here's another game. I'm actually into the idea of it being divorced from the Dark Picture anthology. Me too. Because that, that obviously, it feels like its own thing, right? And those are, what, typically $40 titles? 30 to 40 30 so. depending. I mean, they come in at a, like a more affordable price, which is nice. But like, yeah. I don't know that I love the overall narrative weaving of like the narrator, narrator, whoever that guy is. Yeah. And I mean, there's four games, right? Uh, and only two of them have been kind of remotely good. Yeah, the latest one I played, uh, House of Ashes, I actually really, really enjoyed. And I had heard Mm -hmm. that it was a big improvement over Man of Medan, Mm -hmm. the second one that nobody can remember. Little Hope. Little Hope, and the third one that nobody can remember as well. Mm -hmm. You got got a title for that one? Was there a third one? Maybe not. Maybe House of Ashes was the third one. Maybe House of Ashes was the third one. Okay, well, House of Ashes was really good. But uh, yeah, this looks good. Uh, Even the graphics look better. Mm -hmm. Like, the Dark Pictures games have always come off as... Let's churn them and burn them, you know, like just make them as quick as possible, as cheap as possible. And it mm-hmm. kind of comes through. Um, they don't really push the boundaries when it comes to what Until Dawn already did. Mm-hmm. So that I mean, this is cool that this looks like Until Dawn, but is it is it going to move the needle? Who knows until we 
get it in our hands. What would move the needle in this genre? Fucking surprise me. I don't know. Anything that isn't literally what Telltale did. Literally anything. Literally like, oh, I can punch a dude in this game. That would be a fucking like, whoa, you put game like like shooting mechanics. It's never gonna be that. And I think like House of Ashes tried to do like different mechanical things and it didn't feel good. Uh, I didn't hate... Like, nothing about that game felt good for me. Wow. Wow. I didn't feel that way about that game. I love that game. I'm very tepid on that game. That game, I'm super not tepid. I think they actually did a great job doing, like, basically uh, Vampires and The Descent, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, together. It's it's a story that I'd rather watch than play, because I just... Yeah. Do not like that style of gameplay anymore. Interesting. So yeah. not even until dawn. You don't like until dawn anymore. Well, when I played it, you I played you liked I, it. Yeah, I, I think that's. Do you hate it now? <laughs> no, I don't hate it. I think it's still a, a very strong title uh, as, huh. as far as like exclusive PS4 titles. That's what I'm go. saying. We're sitting in 2020, and it's yeah. like, oh, you're releasing a game that looks almost exactly like Until Dawn, which mm-hmm. is exciting on on the offset. Yeah. Is it going to be any interesting, like anything that's interesting when you get into it? I don't know. I think the the setting is is pretty. Hmm. like on a boilerplate level pretty interesting the cast that you have like that's the thing about until dawn it had such a, a stellar cast about it right like we had hayden panettiere i think uh rami malik was in it as yeah well. yeah rami malik was in so it. so you got fucking david arquette you have fucking brenda song uh ethan supley is in it as well yeah that's right yeah. He, he, he looks jacked yeah he looks super jacked he so. lost a lot of weight and then he decided to gain it back in muscle <laughs> it's fucking great pretty dope so i mean mm. this one might be one where i finally you know and more interested from the onset, right? Okay. Because what I saw that I liked, uh, again, the story seems cool. And, like, I like the idea with this one that they're going to do kind of what they did with Until Dawn, where it's going to be kind of a mishmash of, like, horror-inspired tropes and things, right? Because, like, Until Dawn was, like, yeah, it was a cabin, you know, in the woods kind of, like, horror story, but also there were monsters and also there were saw elements. And, like, it was this cool love letter to horror, right? It almost did too much in a yeah. lot of respects. Yeah. Like when by the time you get to when they add the Wendigos, it's like all right. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I think we strayed away from uh, any semblance of a focus in this narrative. And there's like ghost and shit in it too. Like yeah, there's there, ghosts. There's a lot going on. Yeah, there, there's almost too much. So I hope this is a little bit cleaner in its execution because like you can rock like a slasher in the woods story and be totally fine, mm-hmm. and you don't have to include. Like graboids mm-hmm. from Tremors or whatever, you know, you don't have to turn it into like this is actually a Nazi farm. Like, whoa, my god, <laughs> <laughs> a Nazi farm? What? They're growing produce that's making people anti-Semitic? <laughs> what the fuck? Not the Nazis that's back at it again. Crazy. What do you think about this, Bigfoot? <gasps> Bigfoot? Yeah, right. <laughs> and then there's like a last act, like alien abduction or something happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well i'm hoping for this one they do like there is a little bit of scaled in like you know approach with the with the influences because it's gonna be gonna happen it's not gonna happen there's gonna be a volcano that's like a problem (laughs) like halfway through oh no the quarry's on a fucking volcano ground what do we do you get a scene with brenda song where she's suddenly a fucking like seismographer or seismologist or whatever and like just figuring out how to like stop the volcano (laughs) like Okay. We need to drop nitrogen bombs in the middle, and these Nazi scientists happen to have the only nitrogen supply on the mountain. <laughs> what do you think, David Arquette? <laughs> David Arquette! <laughs> Listen, I'm into it. I, think I might even be more into the idea of the game you just sold me on yeah, I, than what we'll probably get. Sounds pretty awesome, yeah. right? We can make this happen. 
Uh, well, it's coming out pretty soon. So June 10th, yeah. everybody, if you want to pick that up, uh, I'll that probably be picking it up. It's pretty soon. Pretty soon. Pretty. For like not even knowing that we were getting a new supermassive game outside of the anthology series. Give it six months. We're going to be reading a Jason Schreier about how there's nothing but fucking constant crunch at supermassive games. Mm. Like, cause like us just saying, Oh, that's pretty quick. This, they've, they've released uh, quite a few games mm-hmm. in a short amount of time. I wonder how they did that. <laughs> yeah. It, it's interesting. Cause the games don't have a lot like in terms of mechanical depth, there's a lot yeah. of like narrative it's a lot of mocap uh, stuff they have to deal with. A lot with. of mocap, right. Like, those games uh, are high quality in terms of like the way the characters Animations yeah. and stuff. And they get like real actors to do the things. Mm-hmm. Not that they've had super famous actors in Dark Pictures, but like those are still people from like TV and stuff. Yeah, Ashley Tisdale was in House of Ashes. <laughs> was she yeah. really? Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I have a number two on here for you. I've got Elden Ring sells over 12 million units worldwide. Why? So remember the numbers I was looking for on the last episode? I found them, Mason. finally got them. Finally found them. <laughs> found them. We knew that it sold really well. We just didn't know, numerically, how well. So all around the world, the Tarnished have answered the call. Publisher Bandai Namco announced that as of March 14th, Elden Ring has sold through 12 million units across digital and physical stores, with 1 million of those sales coming from Japan. Hmm. That's 8 million more units than Bandai Namco expected to sell by the end of March this month. They they wow. thought it was going to sell 4 million. It did a little bit better than that. Yeah, it did fucking three times as much as that. I mean, and 4 million in less than a month would have been good yeah. still, right? Yeah, this is stellar. So as a comparative factor, the entire Dark Souls series has sold 27 million combined units as of May 2020. Like, it took them that long to do that. We're already 12 million within a couple of months of this release. Pretty big thing, right? It's it's an interesting comparison, right? Because the, obviously the series had to get momentum over time. It was a niche audience, right? With, yeah, uh, with Demon so. Souls and Dark Souls fans. I remember working the midnight for Dark Souls 3, and, like, my uh, manager at the time was like, this is going to be a really big release. And I'm like, is it? How many people were there? Uh, there were, like, fucking 50-plus people there for Dark Souls 3. Good lord. Yeah. Did they all look like Gollum? Some of them did. Do they all look sickly? They were. It was a combination of like really sickly folk, and and then dudes you might see at like a a Matrix premiere in '99. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. What a Souls like <laughs> fan would look like. Either either you look like you're in the trench coat mafia, or uh, <laughs> or you're Gollum. Yeah, that makes sense. So Bandai Namco president and CEO Yasuo Miyaka, seeing gold sap in the earth tree, wants to expand the IB IP. IP? IP. Stating, quote, Much effort was placed into creating Elden Ring so that we could exceed the expectations of our fans worldwide. In like manner, we will continue our efforts in expanding the brand beyond the game itself and into everyone's daily life. Yeah, you've already succeeded. I play it every day. Yeah. When I'm not playing it, I'm thinking about it. When I'm not awake, I'm dreaming about it. Yeah. Elden Ring is life. By the way, Elden Ring's ringing, winning that poll for me to stream. Like, people don't give a fuck. They want more Elden Ring. I voted for Final Fantasy. Whether they're playing... You said earlier you voted for Elden Ring, right? I didn't say that. You, what did you say? I, sa- I just said oh, I voted. Oh, you just said you voted. Yeah. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah. You want me to play that garbage fucking game? I think it's entertaining, but... You I got are- Whiplash going from good game to Final <laughs> Fantasy Origin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Papa Miyazaki has some quick and humble words in response to the game's success. Quote, It's astonishing to see just how many people have been playing Elden Ring. (laughs) I'd like to extend our heartfelt thanks on behalf of the entire development team. Elden Ring is based on a mythological... Did I say that right? Mythological? Mythological story written by George R.R. Martin. 
We hope players enjoy a high level of freedom when adventuring through its vast world, exploring its many secrets, and facing up to its many threats. Thank you for your continued support. End quote. Thanks, Miyazaki. Miyazaki. For your words. Praise you. Praise your sons. Praise you, Miyazaki. Uh, I mean, I'm not like super surprised by its uh, success. Mm-hmm. I think we were getting to a point, especially running off of like Dark Souls 3 and Sekiro, like in the last like two years, it feels like the fever pitch excitement for From Software, we talked about it as like, it's it's at its top. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a normal part of the nomenclature when it comes to gaming now. It's not like one of those like, oh, what is this fucking weird, hard genre where the guy's rolling? No, you know what a Souls is. <laughs> you know, everyone knows what a Souls is. And it's one of those franchises too that I more oftentimes than not see people stream. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very popular in terms of like content creation and streaming because there's so much variation into like people's approach with it. Uh, and then obviously all the different types of runs, right? Like people like beating it with dance pads or fucking ring fit you know controllers or doing crazy speed runs on it so there's obviously a huge like passion and viewership around it um and it only made sense that it would catch on on the scale right i even think like demon souls on the with the ps5 launch like got a lot of people interested yeah that's true it did really well as well or somewhat well uh, because people couldn't get a hold of a ps5 Mm -hmm. but uh, you know it's funny i was thinking back to I was streaming, I think, Bloodborne a while back, and, mm-hmm. and somebody came into the chat and was just like, hey, man, why are you always playing these kind of games? And I'm like, what, like like from software sort mm-hmm. of deals? He's like, yeah, I just think uh, you'd be you'd be bigger if you, like, stream things that people, like, you know, was, like, liked <laughs> or was more and more in the mainstream. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I Did you ban him? No, I was just like, I'm pretty sh- like, even back then, I was like, I'm pretty sure Souls games are pretty popular, man. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not, like... I don't know, man. He's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I don't know, but it's not a shooter. <laughs> it's not like you're streaming Doki Doki Literature Club. You're fucking <laughs> streaming in like fucking Bloodborne. No, nah, that's next weekend. We're yeah. doing Doki Doki Literature Club. I'm gonna do Dangin Rampa, <laughs> one through three. Uh, sidebar for the Elden Ring news bit. There was also a patch that went live this week. Patch one point zero four. Patch uh, notes. Patch notes. Quick. The the big thing about it that I thought was uh, a cool addition that jumps off of our previous conversation about like UI, UX, is that they kind of did an update suite feature to the map where it now marks it for like certain vendors and things. Mm-hmm. There's more of a visibility into like quest lines for side quest as well, which I think is is a good idea to have mm-hmm. there. As, as somebody who's playing the Souls games for as long as I have, totally fine with it being the same old thing, right? Maybe having to look up a guide to do it. But I think for the newer audiences, especially for how massive the game is, having something as simple as marking your merchants is like a big deal. Yeah, so. I'm kind of shocked that they did it because yeah. it was such a From Software thing to not mm-hmm. tell you anything about the NPCs or merchants. Because they give you an in-game system to mark up the map like yourself. Mm-hmm. And I was actively just putting like the the walking person symbol on mm-hmm. top of like every NPC, like myself, yeah. thinking like, this is what From Software wants me to do because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the only way to track them. But I wonder what uh, what moved them to be like, ah, we agree, that kind of sucks, and then add mm-hmm. the NPC markers. Because it's not just merchants. I saw it's for uh, the, the finger ladies mm-hmm. and yeah. um, a couple of our other NPCs. I think like Millicent was marked on the map mm-hmm. for me. And I was like, oh, shit. Which is dope because in these long convoluted quest lines, mm-hmm. you'll talk to somebody. They'll mention a vague location or idea of a place, no. a memory of a place. And then you won't find them unless like you're actively looking up how to find them or you just stumble into them. So it's cool to know that it's marked for like their next like destination. 
Yeah. Especially if I'm trying to like continue a quest line. So again, I just want to know like what made them change their mind. Where they're just like, ah, yeah, I guess that kind of sucks. Game is big, huh? You know, like I wonder. I think maybe it's one of those things where it could be a combination thing, right? Maybe they were listening to feedback about it. And maybe was, they forgot. Maybe yeah, maybe it was a feature they forgot. Because there's a whole icon in the game for it, so it's just like, oh shit, did mm-hmm. we not put that out? <laughs> you know, like yeah. it could have been that. I, I don't know. I'd hope that they had it kind of baked in from the start because a game like this that is as big as it is, like, I, I would think they wouldn't want people to miss parts of it. Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah. Perhaps. I think that's I think that's why, uh, we and we talked about this before, other open world games get into trouble because there's so much love that goes into their design that mm-hmm. the developers want you to see every inch. So they, they go, we'll help the player. I'm going to put a question mark on that. Mm-hmm. And then they just don't stop putting question marks on things. Yeah. Every bush... Every tree, every fucking uh, cave has a question mark on it. And this game, I feel like it actually actively goes out of its way to hide some of its scale to continue surprising you. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's even entire dungeons that are, I would consider, not unimportant mm-hmm. that are completely covered by like invisible or like, sorry, hidden walls and stuff where you yep. gotta like smack the wall. A little bit of a hubbub where people thought you have to hit a wall 50 times to to open it, by the way. They're mm-hmm. like, oh man. There could be there could be walls in the game. You got to hit fifty times. Turns out, no, it's probably some weird uh, glitch. Like yeah. the wall was probably supposed to come down in a cutscene or something, or whatever. Because the wall even has like a health bar, mm-hmm. which is nuts. Actually, <laughs> which is interesting. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to hit it fifty times. You just have to kill its uh, nine 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 damage, <laughs> which is interesting. But uh, yeah, I this is good shit. Mm-hmm. I hope this means um, they continue to support this game in particular. I don't need like games as a service support, but it'd be mm-hmm. cool to get like a pretty decent expansion Mm -hmm. to this in some way i Mm. had hoped for it from sekiro and activision but knowing how activision does stuff you know it was probably one of those things where they just got it out and moved on to the next thing but bandai namco and FromSoft have kind of a history of doing dlc for for the souls game so Mm -hmm. i I hope there's at least like one content pack coming up because there's so much more you could do with that world. So many more yeah. characters and bo- like. I granted, there's already already so many characters and bosses, but like the the land is so big that you could fucking probably throw in another underground area or like an island off to the distance. Like, yeah, especially with how they do the little um, the teleporters. Like, it it would be so easy to just add an extra area. Yeah, I <laughs> like, think so. Yeah, I th- I think the game's very much ready made for to be baked out in that way. Yeah. I guess the interesting question is they're talking about like, oh, we're gonna expand this IP into your daily life. Mm-hmm. Are we talking about a Netflix show? Are we talking about comic books? What, what are we? What are we doing here? What are we doing here? I could see comic books for sure because we got yeah. we got a Bloodborne comic line. That's true. Yeah, yeah. and Dark Souls as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I can imagine. I could imagine them um, baking out some of the lore behind the shard bearers and stuff because I'm still like at this at this point where I, the story hasn't quite clicked for me overall. Yeah, and I played and you beat 100. The game. And, yeah, I beat the game and I <laughs> played 130 plus hours of it. And there's, like, again, it's like a really vague story. And if you're not going out of your way reading every, like, item, it's, like, exactly where you found it and putting the pieces together. Mm-hmm. I need Vadi to, you know, come on, man. <laughs> well, he's still doing, like, kind of the, like, beginner secrets or yeah. tips for getting into the game. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he's, like, trying. That must be the hardest thing. It's, like, yeah. like um, building the railroad while the train's in motion, right? He's, he's got to be playing the game and making content about the game mm-hmm. and trying to balance those out. And people were going, like, Vadi. I need to know what's going on with Rainy or Ronnie. What's happening here? 
Uh, yeah, there's a lot of interesting lore morsels between what characters say to you, or even just the idea of like the overarching world. Um, the Shardbearers was an easier one for me to understand just because of how the opening cutscene kind of like spells it out. Yeah. Um, and then some of the context you get from character interactions. Um, but there, yeah, there's a few like story things that stand out. A lot of it otherwise is confusing, like mm-hmm. um, like the Melania and uh, Michaela thing. Like I'm just like, oh, this makes sense because like there's descriptions and conversations that kind of flesh out who these characters were to each other and mm. what happened well Michaela's her brother yeah and she's the blade of Michaela. Mm-hmm. and Michaela was kidnapped by the uh blood omen man by mog yeah by mog the omen of blood the blood morsel the blood fool also a shard bearer so the thing about the shard bearers is like the the elden ring shattered right and uh but who uh, shattered it it was part of the great conflict part of the great war that happened well which war uh <laughs> I don't know the name of it, but yeah, it's the, the these people kind of stepped into this power vacuum and just claimed parts of the ring, and then became monsters. Uh, became demigods almost. Yeah. Oh yeah. fuck, that's a big situation. Mm-hmm. I think you could make an entire HBO Max limited television series based on this. I wouldn't be mad if we got Netflix tapped into it because they they have an interesting video game adaptation market. They uh, do, but you can't let you can't say no to HBO because they got The Last of Us going on. They're starting to get their uh, their toes wet, little mm-hmm. toe first. Yeah, we'll see how get that the goes. Toe in there. There's also a God of War series that's kind of being talked about. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I don't remember who's supposed to be doing it. If it's Amazon or Paramount or something. I think it was but, Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. But anyway, yeah. Why play the games? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just watch them. The thing about those <laughs> stories too, it's just like, well, when you have such a narrative heavy video game as is, like, what what supplemental story are you trying to tell here? Like, what are you really trying to say with this material? The Witcher is interesting because there's so much lore baked into the, you know, the Witcher and um, Geralt as a character. So you could do a lot with that, but. Mm-hmm. But not, not with the Shard Bears? <laughs> no, you can. I'm saying you can. Oh, okay. Yeah. God of War and The Last of Us, rather, the two that I'm just like, I don't know why we need adaptations to that. Because people don't play video games. That's, that's the simple answer. Yeah, I guess so. There's people that don't play yeah. video games that might watch the God of War series, and mm-hmm. you already have an install base of people that do play the sure. video games that are almost like your automatic mark. Yeah. You're telling me you're not going to watch the Last of Us series? Oh, no, I am. There you go. Yeah. That's why they did it. They don't care if you <laughs> think it doesn't need to exist or not. You're going to watch it anyway. They they sure. care what you do, not what you say. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we got an Uncharted movie. That's why we got an Uncharted movie. Yeah. And people watch it. Maybe not a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Didn't do well in China. Hmm. That's a true fact. It's interesting because China is such a that's a market you want to do a well driving for market your, for films, yeah. Especially dumb Hollywood blockbusters, mm-hmm. but they've had their worst outbreak of COVID since the beginning of the pandemic, and then mm-hmm. movie theaters took a kibosh the moment Uncharted came out. And that's damn. Elden Ring selling twelve million copies is it's nuts. It's exciting. I bought three myself. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to go back and get like the collectors, yeah, and the steel book that yeah. has like Godfrey on it because it's so fucking cool. Yeah, uh, I'm nearing the end of my first playthrough. I'm on the last boss right now, so hopefully I beat it today or tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see. That'd be pretty spectacular. Well, and then we'll have that coveted Elden Ring. Oh my god! Uh, great roundtable. I can't wait to talk about that because. There's just so many cool things that I really want to deep dive. And even talking about like some of the favorite boss moments, even if it becomes a 30 minute conversation or even if there's like a 30 minute section where we just rant about Melania and her boss fight, Melania. it'll be cool. It'll be very cool. But it'll honestly, indeed. it's fucked up that she hits you and she heals. It's yeah. It, fucked up. <laughs> it's the one thing that you could turn off and the fight would still be like one of the hardest fights 
imaginable. Yeah. But that that's the one thing that makes sure that it's like it's legend now. Mm-hmm. It is legend in Souls fans' minds. Amazing. It's a spectacle fight too, and it's one of the ones where Her I'm arm's getting my a sword. What? Her arm is a sword. Her arm is a sword. Well, she's fucking half prosthetics too. It's mm-hmm. pretty nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even though I'm dying every time I go into it, like I'm just like, oh, this is so cool to watch. Yeah, she's so cool. Such a cool character. Very yeah, very cool uh, set piece too. Like her little her room underneath the the roots yeah. of the entire Erd tree. That's fucking like oh my god. Mm-hmm. Whew, there's such cool shit in this that I think you could do. Honestly, I've always said it. V- vignettes based on like Souls lore mm-hmm. and just do episodes or whatever. Do it like um, God. Me and Nick were talking about this a while back. Where it's like you could do something like o- over the garden wall if you did like animated like yeah. shorts where it's like this is kind of like. The way the storytelling could work yeah. is very like vague but interesting. We've but talked yes, about yeah. that a bunch, you and I, about uh, Hollow Knight. If there was ever like a Hollow Knight, oh, that's the one that we we're yeah. talking about, and it was us. Yeah, not Nick. I, I know I, we're very hard to confuse. I both can't handsome, tell you apart both, anymore. Both bearded. <laughs> <laughs> we both stream Elden Ring. Yeah, you both like your hard games. Yeah. I, I don't. Whoa, whoa, who are you? <laughs> I probably am going to start watching it between now and the next episode. But the Cuphead show is on Netflix, and I'm very interested to see what that's all about. It was weak really yeah oh i heard it was not very good huh yeah i mean i don't know what a show like that looks like right a show that's ba- uh, yeah. a game that's based around boss fights and platforming how does that yeah. translate to a tv show but i don't know i was interested at least so i mean the game is like telling a story and i've seen like a trailer for it where it's like oh yeah these are like the set pieces from the game but just like expanded as a uh like a cartoon mm. basically which is interesting cool but eh, you let me know you let me know how the cuphead the show is yeah I'll let you know if it fills my cup. What? That was a good one. That was a good one. Now on to a bad one. Okay. We're going to a bad one right now. Number three. Ori developer Moon Studios outed as an impressive workplace due to its shitty founders. This actually came as a part of like a trifecta. Isn't there like a documentary you found on on YouTube that was talking about Moon Studios Fulbright, and then some other dev. And I forget what the other dev was. Yeah, it was by People Makes Games. That's People right. Make Games. Uh, yeah, it was a whole deep dive about... Um, let me see here real quick. Yeah, so it's titled Investigating Three Indie Superstars Accused of Emotional Abuse. And it centers around Ken Wong and Mountain, Steve Gaynor and Fulbright, Robin Hunick and Phonomina. Um, and just the idea of how indie games may have a founder problem, mm-hmm. right? And especially the idea of, um, how do you want to call it? Like the auteur. Yeah, the auteur. Right? And how like they are praised in a way that maybe they shouldn't be and how that influence can be used for wrong. So, Yeah, hearing the story about these two uh, founders from Moon Studios, it's like, yeah, that's that's how an egocentric kind of environment can go very, very south. And it's like... The people that have spawned this environment, of course, are not going to be like, this isn't bad because mm-hmm. they feel like it's such an extension of them. So let's get into this, sure. right? So Dean Takahashi of Venture Beat or, or Games Beat, depending on what it says in the site, the URL says Venture Beat. So anyway, wrote a detailed report on Moon Studios, the developer behind the acclaimed Ori and the Blind Forest and its sequel, Ori and the Will of the Wisp, two titles released in partnership with Xbox, though it appears Microsoft has stopped working with the studio 
Uh, caught that from IGN. It's interesting. In conversations with current and former employees, the studio's founders, Thomas Mahler and Gennady Coral, were at the center of every complaint. Takashi writes, quote, Moon developers told Gamesbeat that they found the studio's culture oppressive. They alleged that the leaders used calls for an open and honest workplace as a pretense for abuse. The founders criticized the work of employees in public chats and were stingy with praise. So far, no one is suing or claiming unlawful behavior, but many workers are fed up with what they see as inappropriate behavior by the founders, end quote. This behavior included Mahler and Coral making sexist and racist comments in the company chat for all to see. The two would often tear each other down publicly and sometimes turn that vitriol on their own employees. The founders prided themselves in having an anti-corporate culture with a no-bullshit policy, but often interpreted that as not filtering their own words. Quote, and this from, comes from the article, quote, When I first saw Ori and I hit all the reviews, it was a touching story in the cutesy, friendly way. And then I talked to the heads of the studio, uh, said one developer, and it's like, that's not who these guys are. They are not these cutesy people. They're very harsh, end quote. Another quote from uh, somebody that spoke to VentureBeat says, were the founders both belligerent? Yes, in my opinion. Was it limited to those two? Yes. Unprofessional on an hourly basis? Yes. Harassing? Yes. <laughs> said one game developer. Some interviewees felt the duo were concerned political correctness and wokeness would alter the studio's culture. Quote, They were scared that the company would change. It was like they made a point to enforce the anti-woke culture by regularly making inappropriate jokes, uh, end quote, said one developer. Quote, It was deliberate. They had this fear of the company being constrained or shackled by these woke people who would censor us. It was like they were fighting against some invisible censorship, end quote. What? Weird. That's a weird thing to be proactively fighting against. Right. And have that be your stance the entire time. And to run a company, <laughs> like, based off of that, too. Uh, I mean, what? They're based out of Europe? Austria. Austria? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the the idea of woke culture and people fighting against it is not an uncommon thing and i've seen it a not lot in gaming especially especially yeah. in gaming i see it a lot on the timeline where like even the idea of people uh, asking for representation in games is too woke that's part of the woke agenda woke media mm -hmm. and it's like but it, it feels like a weird thing to want to like kind of fight against prematurely like what is so wrong with like maybe wanting to be inclusive or mm -hmm. being a studio that represents the the many not the few and calls for, quote-unquote, wokeness yeah. as being a corporate pursuit. Like, we're going to be anti-corporate mm -hmm. and apparently make people uncomfortable by making shitty jokes all the time. You could still be anti-corporate and be yeah. cool. Like, there's so much around punk, right? Punk rock music that is anti-corporate, anti-establishment. Yeah. But there's, at the core of it, it is be good to people, right? I don't know. This is a thing where it's a couple of dudes said to themselves, we want to do cool shit, we want to make video games, and we just kind of want to like be rock stars ourselves, however mm -hmm. we want, right? The no bullshit policy. Yeah, you think tearing down people. That's an excuse to just tear down people and sure. act like an asshole in front of people, right? It's never like this thing of like, no, let's be open and honest. Like, no, 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 no. You just want to make fun of somebody and have them not be mad at you. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can't stand the heat sort of situation. That's, that's what these two folks registers me as so going on Mahler and Coral's behavior extended beyond group chats and into meetings which was especially jarring for talent recruited to the high churn studio Takahashi writes quote at the end of listening to the first group audio call one new contractor said I thought 
oh my god, what have I done? Is this company going to go under like a week after I joined? Because the co-founders were so at each other's throats the entire time and saying, fuck your mother and all these nasty comments. The big issue with it is the fact that they do it in the public chats, end quote. Their feedback was also less than constructive. In one instance, Mahler told an employee that their ideas made him want to vomit in front of staffers. Takahashi notes that it was difficult finding a positive anecdote about the two. <laughs> wow. So uh, Mahler and Coral actually had a response to this, by the way. It was a longer response. I only took the, the top of it because the rest of it was them just like not actually responding to specific allegations but just kind of doing the wishy-washy of like here's what we do good and how we strive kind Mm -hmm. of thing which is another way of like admitting your guilt to like yeah you've done exactly what they're describing here Mm -hmm. Uh, one thing i also didn't talk about is that they're working on a new game called uh forsaken and one of the big things was that mahler was pushing for the main character to get raped at the beginning of the game as the motivation for them to be a badass on their quest. Mm-hmm. And in the team, Jats was talking about this very openly and saying, I want this, I want this. And the team pushed back. Mm-hmm. And it took weeks before he was like, all right, fine, I'll drop it, basically. And that's like one thing where they're like, yeah, I don't, <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> like, we're telling you openly, this is not something that we want to work on. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's got to be in there. <laughs> Just a weird, it's, it's thing. a, yeah, it's a weird thing to push forward on. And honestly, like at its core, it's lazy writing, right? To have yeah. like sexual assault be the thing that defines somebody's character arc. There's better ways to build a character. Right. We're building stories like we're writing, I spit on your grave. Yeah, exactly. It's like, is that what's happening? All right. So their response <laughs> was, uh, quote, we don't believe the experience is suggested by your questions <laughs> this is responding to venture beat are representative of the, of the more than 80 moon studios team members who are thriving and doing great work every day nor do we believe they are representative of the experiences of former members of our team in fact we are very proud of our history of making people happy advancing their careers and contributing to their financial success end quote Whew, what the f- so first of all they're like they're all lying yeah and we make them happy. We employed them. We gave them money. We gave them opportunities to be game developers. Yeah, we pay them to suffer. <laughs> like, fuck off. So apparently they also held an internal meeting with staffers admitting that they needed to clean up their act, but that the media was painting them in an unfair light. Oh, hmm. no. Fuck your mother. Oh, no. <laughs> so if you go through like the actual article, there's mm-hmm. so many examples of just like, oh, well, that's really fucking weird they're like they were basically using what i it was essentially what slack something like that yeah, to talk to each other like internal work chat and like these two founders were like talking about their penis sizes and making weird jokes about jewish people mm-hmm. well admittedly what or one of them is jewish but the comments are fucking weird man like beyond the pale have you seen this article yeah, if you guys want to check it out, give it a read. It's uh, over at VentureBeat. It is, despite its beautiful Ori games, Moon Studios is called an oppressive place to work. That's the title of it. There we go. What did this break? This broke on Friday, right? Yeah. And um, some alarming shit to read. A lot of heinous stuff, right? Uh, just to even hear it in the headliner be painted as an oppressive studio. It's just like, wow, okay. Uh, what does that mean and why is it happening? One other quote, somebody said, we really created something special, talking about Ori. Mm-hmm. And I know the only way I was able to reconcile was I was able to watch people on Twitch and watch other people get moved by it. And that was actually part of my healing process, said mm-hmm. one developer, because maybe my suffering was worth it because other people felt something. In the end, I mean, so many of us were burned out. 
end quote. And other people were talking about how uh, one person was saying they've never felt depression in their life until after like working at that studio and they just basically don't want to go back to games. That's terrible. Yeah, these That's... people, these, they want to act like they're fucking auteur rock stars, yeah. like based off of like, you know, I don't know, these fucking biopics you see of dudes from the 70s that were loud and angry mm-hmm. and shit, you know, or like these CEO types and people go like, yeah, man, I want to be like that. I want to be a, I want to be a fucking Bezos. I want, I want to be a fucking uh, Tim Cook, you know? Uh, who's the fucking guy from Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan something or other? Yeah. I want to be like that guy, but in games. Yeah, but in games, for games, making cool shit people yeah. love. And it's so ironic that, yeah, it's a cutesy game mm-hmm. made by complete assholes, <laughs> belligerent assholes. I mean, the product doesn't necessarily always match the creator, right? Uh, even looking yeah, at Fulbright not. with Steve Gaynor, right? Uh what gone home was right a very introspective story about mm. relationships and um look where that came from right so right i don't know it's it could literally any shitty person could be behind any product you love that's true so that is true don't meet your idols don't let meet me your tell idols you what. let me tell you what i'm never gonna meet bruce campbell no oh, i did meet him once oh yeah was he nice you know what? Bruce was surprisingly nice. Okay, cool. I figured as much. You know, I've seen him in yeah. some of those cameos he did in uh, Spider Man. He seems like a very delightful man. He was in Burn Notice, too. Yeah. Almost every oh, season. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me ask you, though, um, you know, with this coming out, with the stuff that came out with Fulbright, and then obviously the stuff that happened with Activision Blizzard, mm. and just knowing how like common it is, and maybe it's just not being spoken about, like, mm-hmm. is this surprising to you in the least? Is this surprising to yeah. me? Oh, Jesus, is it surprising when it rains? Um, <laughs> not especially. Mm. Not especially. I, I think I made a joke in the Discord going, so like, oh, so it's every studio, huh? Mm. And the answer is, yeah, it I is every it. studio. Of yeah. course it's every studio. Of course it is. It's, mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> there's so many places where as long as you congregate people that have, you know, old school or jilted mentalities Mm -hmm. yeah there's gonna be a culture that fucking sucks and especially when these people are in charge Mm -hmm. i'm we're just waiting like pick your favorite studio that you haven't heard anything about there's probably something (laughs) you know yeah and if you're not hearing about stuff like this about like internal abuse harassment sexual assault all that you're hearing things about crunch right so there's there's malpractice and bad habits and things seated in all these gaming companies yeah and i mean we always say maybe it's just because gaming is so new, there's not protections and things in place to protect a lot of people and workers, but it's also like it's, you know, we're, it's the 21st century, so like I think we definitely could be more equipped for things like this to be prevented, right? But hmm. I guess new, like new studios, indie studios that don't have a corporate oversight or backing or partnership, they define the rules of how it's all governed, right? They define the work ethic. Yeah, actually, that came out for um, the Fulbright situation where mm-hmm. Annapurna was the one that was publishing the games. And um, if you notice, they remain completely silent mm-hmm. during that debacle when that article came out about that studio. Mm-hmm. And somebody was actually – the only reason the article came out is because um, people within the studio threatened to go live with it if mm. the studio themselves didn't say anything. So that's why I like that – that little fucking brief mention showed up on Twitter before we even knew what, what they were talking about. Mm. That was such a weird situation. But with Annapurna, they came in and interviewed people. And one person said that worked there, they thought that they were going to, like, get questions about how Steve Gaynor acted, mm-hmm. you know, at the workplace and, and during their interactions. And instead, the Annapurna was basically like, what do you need to make this game? Just cared about the game, mm-hmm. making sure that production was on track. That's all they gave a shit about. So I know that we all go 
fucking Gaga over Annapurna's games, right? They've made a little bit of a name for themselves, mm-hmm. right? Being a little bit out there, a little indie in their in their ways, but having like a you know, getting a stable of studios making products that kind of feel mm-hmm. similar in design, yeah. but they're like they the don't give a shit. <laughs> that, yeah, they're A twenty four games. But yeah, they don't give a shit. <laughs> That's an interesting thing about Annapurna. I'll remember that. I'll remember that. Mm. <laughs> what is an interesting thing that I didn't know is that Microsoft is now distancing themselves from Moon Studio. Yeah, I was surprised by that too. And I saw that on the IGN article where they were saying like, oh, uh, Microsoft's reach out for com. Apparently they don't work with them anymore. Huh. So let me double check on that though. Because there was, there was a little bit of a mention on the IGN for okay. that. Yeah, because I was curious if it was going to be a similar thing like we're getting right now with uh, with Activision Blizzard having being bought up by Microsoft that it might be part of their rehabilitation effort, right? Like, obviously, if it was a studio under their pantheon, they would have to check the founders, you know, yeah. kind of root out all the bad shit that's going on and restructure. But Yeah, so Cat Bailey writes on IGN that the according to a new report by GamesBeat, which mm-hmm. we're reading, uh, reports that Xbox is no longer working with Moon Studios following what was said to be a, quote, difficult relationship. Mm. Uh. I guess... I don't know why I thought that uh, they would have any official oversight because it's like, well, it's not like they bought them, right? They just, they work together. Yeah, no. Then they published a private division or whatever, mm-hmm. the indie front thing that they did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they don't. So that's not one of the uh, Microsoft studios. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But uh, not a good look for the studio, mm-hmm. obviously, because it, it, it's a very, I mean, it's not as heinous as we've heard in other studios of course yeah especially activision blizzard but it's still like a bad look to have like your names personally tagged as like you guys are fucking belligerent you're mm-hmm. hostile you're not good to work with and we've seen before um that recruiting becomes a big problem when the word gets out that this place sucks mm-hmm. uh look at what happened to quantic dream that needs mm-hmm. to fucking delay star wars eclipse until I don't 2027 know, the next genuine eclipse yeah. that earth has <laughs> Um, in order, how often do eclipses have? I'm going to sound stupid. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a number of years. I don't, <laughs> okay, I don't quite know. Yeah. All right. As long as that yeah. sounded right. <laughs> like Kevin, there's an eclipse every quarter. <laughs> no, it happens anywhere from anywhere, like any five to 10 years or more apart. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, so we have to, but, that, but then you have solar eclipses, Damn, you have the, lunar eclipses. So. Should have trusted my instinct there. The joke was good. Yeah. We have to wait until the next eclipse yeah. or Star Wars eclipse. Like Should have done it. Some, sometimes, done it. sometimes you over explain a thing and you, you know, I overreached. It's okay. I overreach and the mousetrap it, it snapped back i get it i get it but anyway <laughs> yeah so recruiting becomes a problem when people find out that your studio is shit and i'm mm-hmm. and i'm very glad that these consequences including very public articles on games beat and then reiterated in ign when you get the ign reiteration you're fucked mm-hmm. <laughs> you know <laughs> that's a big network of people looking at that when you get that or you get the schreier <laughs> article about it oh yeah you are you're sunken you're sunken but um yeah that was an interesting discussion came out of the discord based on that me and mm-hmm. nick were talking about how like when a publisher steps in you know w- how much are they invested and i'm like they're only uh, as invested as not looking publicly bad mm-hmm. and they'll be super invested if they feel like there's any threat to profits mm-hmm. <laughs> in that but do they genuinely care about fostering a good and safe environment where people aren't fucking torn down or felt like shit or Mm -hmm. sexually harassed? I think generally the answer is no. I think no, because that actually doesn't hurt their profit margins. Mm -hmm. But it's just the knock-on effects of it that do. Yeah. Uh, Recruiting and and bad PR. I want there to be a world 
where we live in where people genuinely care about like if someone's being an asshole no matter how high up on the totem pole that they are mm-hmm. that that needs to be a situation that is addressed immediately and we need to have far less tolerance mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's really hard when the people at the top of the chain are the ones doing it yeah what do you do how do you fight against that yeah at you know? this point it's like they they want to have to do better right they want they they have to be the ones driving that change and i don't i don't think it's gonna happen yeah right? I'll, I'll do you one better yeah you can become distant owners of this company mm-hmm. at best but you don't work their day-to-day anymore mm-hmm. and you certainly don't call many of the shots mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like that's what you should that's what happens right you've built something that lives beyond you mm-hmm. um and uh they are the worst part of it right now mm-hmm. so but hey, good luck on their next game mm-hmm. however they get that one done yeah. yeah i i whatever the next thing is or ori 3 mm-hmm. like i think the the general audience is going to want to see a lot of change before there's good faith on the product again yeah i'd say Sucks. so too because the ori games were really hailed as just like quality metroidvania as platformers it was a big deal when they came to fucking uh the switch you know mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know it's, uh... do you, let me ask you do you think there's like from the employee's perspective, a sense of edification seeing an article come out like this? Or do you think it's just like ripping open old wounds, you know? Probably a little bit of both, yeah. right? Like it's probably one of those things where it, it might be a relief to have these people outed and, you know, have there be a force function for change. But they are probably reliving it, you know, silently every day, but to have it publicly displayed out and here's some of the accounts. Yeah, it's probably reliving some of the trauma of it. So yeah, yeah. Um, and what what you said earlier is is really fucking sad. The, oh, what did I? Say? I can't the, even tell what what's sad. Uh, it wasn't the David Arquette thing. Don't worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was uh, about the creators who you know they were watching people play the games on Twitch, mm-hmm. um, and they them saying to themselves, oh, you know, to see other people enjoy the end product made all of this worth it, and it's like damn like that the, the justification of all of that they suffered from the founders just because people are enjoying an end product like that does that's a mm-mm. i gotta tell you yeah. we shouldn't have an anecdote that you can also just like apply to somebody coming back from world war ii yeah you know like you shouldn't have somebody saying almost the same thing about game development as like i just seeing the smile on my children's face yeah probably made the suffering worth it you know like holy shit what the fuck yeah this is indie yeah. game development double a development like you made a fucking metroidvania man yeah. like th- there shouldn't be that level of i was th- thrown and raked over the coals mm-hmm. to make this happen th- that shouldn't be game development it no. should be a, just a reasonable job mm-hmm. game development shouldn't be this thing where it's like it's gonna be deep passion huge commitment suffering mm-hmm. abuse where do you think that mindset and mentality comes from? Like, is it driven so solely in, like, the creator and artist world of, like, we have to drive ourselves as hard as possible to make this thing happen? I, mm-hmm. Com- combined with maybe, like, the background of what some gamers are, right? Because, like, gaming often was a boys club, not a very welcoming club. So yeah. it is a, a merging of worlds, right? Like, really abrasive personalities meet. You got to get this fucking product out. There is you know, so you many. suffer for the product. There are so many factors in here. <laughs> if you want to talk about, like, a macro, like, this conception of... I mean, there's an inherent drama with art. Sure. And though you're making commercial art and you're making basically technological art, mm-hmm. there's a big tech company 
um, perspective or, or, or kind of push in here as well. Not just like, hey, I'm, I'm a starving artist like in my, my own room. It's like, no, it's a group of people having to actively like code together this fucking thing and shape it into a, a thing that as, even as much as you can plan for it mm-hmm. still needs like it's going to evolve. It's going to change. It's not like just a uh, plug it and push some, you know, buttons kind of job, but like there's a passion to it. Mm-hmm. So I think that inherent drama like gets to people's heads about like, what is the level of commitment and what should I be able to, how should I be able to be? And mm-hmm. they, you know, you get these people that think to themselves, I'm going to be, I need to be that kind of fucking rock star, that fucking Marky Mark and uh boogie night style, like big guy owning the room to like make great art occur kind of shit. And it's like, no motherfucker. <laughs> like you can have like a reasonable safe environment that's still uh, promotes and fosters creativity mm-hmm. and collaboration. It shouldn't be this thing where you're just like, I need the command from my id. <laughs> you know, that kind of shit. I've seen it on a small scale, right? Like being a musician and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, being in a lot of uh, ensemble pieces and bands, right? I remember work, um, potentially being a part of this uh, prog rock band. Uh, and the, the Potential prog. Pre- yeah, potential prog. <laughs> Uh, the founding member, the the lead guitarist, um, he had that sort of mentality of like, I'm putting my all into this, so you should as well, uh, to the point of being very toxic and abrasive about it. Um, and like, I was in school at the time too, and like, I had other shit going on, other pieces I was practicing for. My commitments were kind of stacked, and uh, me, you know, practicing for a recital had to take, you know. Um, precedence right priority and uh he got mad about it he's like hey man so like i know you're in school for this and everything but if you're not committed then like you know i we got to question what you're doing here and i'm just oh my god are you serious dude (laughs) like you we don't even have a fun we have a bunch of songs and demos like what are you driving so hard for i get it your shit failed hard you're an account you're a failed accountant wanting to be a musician in your 30s i get it we're airing it out (laughs) i get it but like you don't need to put that shit on me. I don't know. It was really weird, really toxic wow. shit. Wow, like, I've never seen you get into a conflict to, with to the point like to this. the point of like him being like, "Hey, we got to drop contracts about this so everybody knows where their priorities are." And like, wait, you, contracts for the? I'm sorry. Yeah. So it turned me off really hard. Audience, really what fast. you don't know, this band's name is Thirty Seconds to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was the bass player for for Thirty Seconds. He was actually to Mars talking about Jared Leto fucking coming at him with a full yeah. force. But so on a small scale, right? That auteur that driven side yeah. of like I'm an artist and you have to be on my level or you're not you know you're not trying hard enough nah, get that the fuck sucked. over yourself that fucking sucked get the fuck over yourself now, I know that doesn't quite apply in the same way but you know but no, that, no I'm saying that those yeah. sensibilities are carried in much the same way and that's how you end up with these yeah. fucking ego driven toxic environments because a dude thinks like what makes this work is me mm-hmm. not the team yeah. not the collaboration not the different people that we've cherry picked but uh, like it's me that's doing this and it's such a wrong just a skewed perspective also fun not so fun anecdote that we Mm. talked about earlier is that they would actually like hire top talent from other studios and Mm. because they were losing people like crazy by the way naturally nobody could stand to work with these this Mahler and uh coble coral right Mm -hmm. and they would like forget why they even hired the guy like there was one person that said yeah they hired me and then like the next day we're shitting on the game that i made (laughs) <laughs> I was like, why? Fuck. Like, that was the whole reason that you hired me. Why am I here? What the fuck, dude? Yeah, just weird shit. Like, I can't, I, like, I. the problem is, the problem is, I recognize these guys in my head. Mm-hmm. Like, we've all known people like this. We've all known people that do shit like this. 
And it's just like, Jesus Christ. And then, yeah, you're right. They're pretty high up there, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're always in the worst position to make as much of life as hell as possible. They're always up there. The studio founders? Fuck. (laughs) Yeah, like, uh, again, it's like, how do you dispel that? Like, either they they have to leave. Yeah, either they have to leave. uh, They secede it to somebody else who maybe has the studios and employees' uh, best interests at mind. uh, Or they learn to do better. But, you know... Coming from the two dudes who were trying to fight an invisible wokeness that was threatening their livelihood, <laughs> you know, and the sort of shit we're hearing about it, right? Talking about their dicks in a public work chat and just being crass and horrible. I don't think these people want to change. Yeah, I, I think when I say leave, I mean like, oh, it's the employees leave. Yeah, That's oh, okay, probably yeah, the yeah. best thing that can happen now. Just, yeah. like, just, just get out of there, guys. Yeah. That sucks. I yeah. mean, if you worked on Ori... Uh, and you weren't those two dudes. Like that's that's a good thing to have on your resume. You know, like, seems like a... a lot of us have a, that good thing on our resume versus these guys. We're mm-hmm. not them. Yeah, <laughs> I guess they're not coming to GDC this year, huh? Uh, I guess not. Damn, mm, bummer. <laughs> Sorry, can't network anymore. Yeah, I mean, fuck, fuck those two dudes. I feel for the you know the studio of what eighty employees who you know have to kind of deal with the aftershock of this or had to live through any of it, right? Because. It, it might not be something that affected everybody directly, um, but if it affected friends of friends, it's something that they were all part of, right? And mm-hmm. to have bosses like that, like, I don't know, it leads to awkward moments, it leads to tense moments, like, to have to see two founders fight in front of each other, it's like, what? Oh, it's so awkward. Like, and what it. is this? <laughs> I've, like, I've been in situations yeah. like that where it's like, dude, yeah. like, I get, you know, I get trying to be a little easy wheeling, sure. you know? Like, I don't have to be prim and proper talking to you at work, you know, Mm. I'm going to, but I'm still going to treat you with like genuine respect, Mm -hmm. which is I'm not going to fucking curse you out or or demean you, diminish you, do any of this crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm definitely not going to be put in a situation where somebody is like bickering like that. Like, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Like, this is wrong. Like, stop this. This is so stupid. But could you imagine starting that job like day one? Mm -hmm. And then, like, coming into a meeting where they're talking about, like, fuck your mother. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, no. Not one of these. Oh, no. This is, like, a fucking, uh, like, high school school project. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> like, when, when you're put together randomly, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, no. This isn't going to go well. There's only, like, one person doing real work here. The rest of these guys are fucking off. You know? It sucks because people probably came onto that studio stoked about it right yeah uh and then to just kind of see the lack of immediate unprofessional over the the immediate lack of professionalism uh the way they carried themselves it's like it's a it's a shame it's embarrassing it's embarrassing to to be associated with uh people like that how they conduct themselves so yeah no wonder they're a revolving door yeah no well that's unfortunate good games and unfortunate for the people that actually suffered through that to make these games as good as they are because it doesn't sound like these fucking yokels had any uh they certainly didn't help. <laughs> no amount of human suffering is worth having a product in your hands, like a, a video game, right? It's it's uh. not worth it, right? Like the the mentality of oh, blood, sweat, and tears should be like a, a mantra, not an actual thing, you know, right. not a physical manifestation of a of a, a work ethos. I get putting your all into a thing, but also like. As founders, as we talk about with other studios in the past, right? Like you got to operate with dignity and respect. You got to want to do good for those around you. Have, lead with positive intention. Yeah. Uh, these two dudes sound like they shouldn't be in leadership roles. Nope. Um, just kind of point blank. Yep. That's the word from Daniel. <laughs> Get the fuck out of there, guys. Yeah.
don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't played the Ori games, but you know, now, now that I I do, it's like in the event that I do, it's gonna suck knowing all that I know about it. Right? But, True. There's a cloud over the product now. Yeah. Thanks to these jabronis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that, that word. Jabroni. Jabronis. <laughs> it's a good one. Uh, I got another kind of heavy conversation to to lead into as sure. well uh because we decided that that's how this episode's gonna go but here mm-hmm. we are number four is wb games reveals hogwarts legacy gameplay and a release window see that's the news mm-hmm. but I actually didn't really write anything about what that says in fact in the doc it just says blah 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 wizards akio akio yeah, so the thing around it is we <laughs> we got the one state of play um, like two weeks ago, right? With Sony focusing around their Japanese Eastern developers. And we we're like, oh, cool. So we probably won't get a state of play for a while. And then they just shadow dropped like a few days later, like, hey, we're doing a state of play, a 20 minute deep dive state of play around Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, it's going to be its own thing. And I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. Uh, I didn't know if that was uh, an, an attempt to really just showcase it or be one of those things where it's like, well, we don't want negative talk or press to affect any other games except the one that at hand. Right. You know, it, it felt like a like a deliberate play by Sony to maybe be like, we're going to have it be its own thing mm-hmm. in containment. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, what, 14 minutes, 30 minutes? Uh, like it was like 18 or so minutes of gameplay finally showing us what the game looks like what that world of Hogwarts is, that, that 1800s uh, world of Hogwarts, what the character creator system looks like, what the leveling systems look like, what it looks like to explore the world. Combat. The, combat, yeah, all that. There's spell casting, there's a dueling club. So it's, it's all the shit from the, the books and the, and the movies that we know, but like we're finally getting to see like what it looks like. Like I watched it, I, I was on my lunch um, editing, so I, I was listening to us, but watching that just kind of in the background, I was like, oh, that looks neat. Okay, that looks cool. Did you eat on this lunch? Uh, probably towards the end. I probably oh, okay. had like a quick five to ten minute like bite down. I do that on my lunches a lot where it's like, I got an hour. I'm going to do something for 50, 50 minutes and then maybe eat towards the end. Okay, that's right. Um, and then at the end, they did a thing with some of the devs where they talked about some of the feature suites about it and like just having them talk it up a bit. So Yeah. All right. I didn't catch most. I, I, I kind of skimmed through a few parts. Just get a kind of a look to it my main impression is like oh this kind of looks like uh, what wb's done before with like you know uh middle earth that game mm-hmm. where it, it's kind of taken some of the batman-esque stuff but it's it seems a little more expanded than that mm-hmm. you know like a at least the uh combat looks kind of unique using the uh attacks and whatnot and slapping around with your wands mm-hmm. and there's finishers i'm like okay there yeah. we go um weird thing so your enemies in the game are goblins Mm -hmm. there's a whole goblin rebellion there's a goblin rebellion and they're rebelling because the wizards don't want them to use wands Mm -hmm. because they think oh no you're goblins that's not your place in society Mm -hmm. listen there was a lot of problematic undertones in the books (laughs) this is something that like is actually in like the lore of of Harry Potter. Yeah, there there was a whole thing where um, house elves even were uh, put in oppressive situations and treated as like house slaves. Um, okay. Yeah. Like Dobby. Yep, Dobby. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And we were okay with that, mind you. Like the the, the main continuity of Harry Potter is nineteen nineties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like just, just so you know. Yeah. Late nineties. So yeah, they they showed off a lot of the game, and uh, it looks like it's something that should have came out last gen really it still kind of looks like a ps4 game and i know they're developing it for multiple platforms right i think it's coming out for ps4 ps5 switch 
uh, Switch. Xbox. It's coming yeah. out for Switch. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So this is a game that I'm not going to buy. Okay. And I think it's okay if you're out there and you say to yourself, this is something I do want to buy. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a texture here. And the elephant in the room, is, of course, is the author, creator of Harry Potter sure. herself, uh, J.K. Rowling, mm-hmm. who holds uh, what is considered just right on the face of it all transphobic viewpoints Mm -hmm. uh and some some harsh notions in her head Mm -hmm. about how we should treat transgender people including Mm -hmm. their lawful rights yeah and it's all in the name right turf so like trans exclusionary radical feminism right the idea that trans women Mm -hmm. are not real women and should not be afforded the same rights as actual biologically born women so right right that, that that's her big thing and she'll mm-hmm. even say that oh i love transgender people they just shouldn't shouldn't be considered women mm-hmm. and shouldn't have the rights specifically yeah there, there's a uh, lot trans of, women specifically there's a lot of like heavy uh preconceived notions about turfs and how they think trans women are gonna act they think it just is an excuse for uh, a man to masquerade as a woman and go into bathrooms and sexually assault actual women and and just do the most heinous of of things right Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of really warped ideas for what turfs think being transsexual or transgender is so this kind of brings us to an article that GameSpot published written Mm -hmm. by jesse earl titled jk rowling's anti-transgender stance and hogwarts legacy and it's it's a very lengthy article that i think is entirely informative jesse goes through not only uh, her personal experiences with mm-hmm. transphobia and just kind of doing the research, but also comparing basically the 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 sentiments that are happening in the U.S. and the U.K. specifically, where mm-hmm. Rowling is from, uh, that kind of mirror other other kind of arguments against uh, marginalized groups, where it's just a lot of like straw man arguments and things like like the false equivalency. So, for instance, because there might be people with ill intents in the transgender community that we shouldn't give any of them rights Mm -hmm. is something that evokes a lot of the conversations around the civil rights movement Mm -hmm. that occurred throughout the 40s to the 60s right like it's it's almost the same kind of bullshit right there's this this almost thinly veiled hatred that they try to like position as a reasonable argument because oh there's a considerable threat in front of us Mm -hmm. and you'll be like you don't actually don't even have good examples or much evidence to it mm-hmm. but think that this should inform what we do to an entire group of people yeah <laughs> basically uh i i like where this article comes from it comes from a very personal place uh as somebody who is like what non-binary and really uh outspoken about like lgbtqa plus stances and things like that i think you guys should definitely give it a read mm-hmm. uh, i'll call absolutely it, call it the shout out article of the week uh for a lot of important reasons yeah so. Yeah, absolutely. I actually wanted to pull an expert out of this because because for them they weren't they they said I'm not going to get this game mm-hmm. and I love Harry Potter but I have now had to deal with the fact that I have a complicated relationship with something as a nerd first and foremost mm-hmm. that brought me so much joy in my life because its association with J.K. Rowling and I think just this pull quote is is an interesting thing that I think people just need to kind of like consider which is quote there is nothing at all wrong with having a desire to play hogwarts legacy it looks to be a passion project finally delivering the wizarding rpg many including myself would have been clamoring for just a few short years ago Mm -hmm. there are some who argue that harry potter can be decoupled from rowling there even seems to be a push within the franchise to lock Rowling out of her own legacy exemplified by her lack of appearance in the recent hbo max reunion special 
<laughs> Yet, the difference between Lovecraft and Rowling... Oh, by the way, I'm skipping a paragraph here, but she also mm-hmm. mentions that, like, yeah, people, like Lovecraft is an intrinsic part of the horror genre, and mm-hmm. he was also a problematic entity yeah, very as an author. Very xenophobic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yet the difference between Lovecraft and Rowling is that supporting Harry Potter can't currently be separated from supporting Rowling herself, despite some people's desire to uncouple the two. Rowling still sits at the head of the franchise, benefiting not only financially from every sale, but through its popularity. The more relevant Harry Potter remains, the more platform Rowling is given to perpetuate anti-transgender language and that's kind of what it is for me that's Mm -hmm. what it is where i'm like she is very alive Mm -hmm. and has a very big platform and she's using it to willfully and deliberately harm trans people Mm -hmm. have you ever seen her interact with people like on twitter in in the moment about stuff like that where like she's very competitive about it and very passive aggressive i've i've seen that i've seen very very big responses uh to people uh that all (laughs) <laughs> she really believes her shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? She's like, she's really hot up on it. And she has a big, she has a lot of support. This mm-hmm. is also the scary part uh, there. Whether it be her fans or people just latching onto that message. They're like, who's this famous person saying what's in my heart, mm-hmm. which is my hatred. Yeah. <laughs> and then they latch onto it. And it, it's terrible. And I, I think that's kind of what it is for me, where it's like, it's pretty easy to just like not engage with this product. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not the biggest harry potter fan in the world but like i've seen all the movies i read all the books except for the second book because it seemed like a beach episode to me and uh yeah like it you know i grew up with it as much as anyone else like it was a a thing where i was like oh shit i guess we're going to go see harry potter this weekend you know that kind Mm -hmm. of thing but um i'm yeah i'm on a different side with that because (laughs) so i grew up reading the series like you remember, like, the scholastic book fairs, right? That would come yeah, through. Yeah, of course. Where, oh, I get to pick books, you know. Maybe I'll read Captain Underpants or this or that. Um, but, yeah, I remember picking up uh, Sorcerer's Stone in the sixth grade. I was 12 years old. And it was one of those things where I was a big reader at the time, but it definitely, like, ignited my fervor for reading in a really fun way, uh, wanting to plunge more into, like, fantasy worlds and stuff like that. Uh, I think the longest running series that I was kind of into outside of that previously was like Goosebumps and then like Animorphs, right? So like to get into this new thing that felt like cool and new and fresh and it was about magic and wizards and like it felt like a very diverse story. Um, It was was cool to be in the ground level on it, right? Because at that time only the first two books had been out and the third one was about to come out. Um, So it was super formative and like, you know, just me being really passionate about reading. uh, It spawned my uh want to do fan fiction at an early age i wrote what? like Har- harry potter like kind of i don't even know what to call it. I'll, well, I'll just call it fan fiction for lack of a better word okay. uh, about like weird stories in the world um and it, it definitely like drove me to read drove me to want to write more and, and feel that passion and then as the movies came out i was like oh it's cool to see this kind of fleshed out and then over time i kind of dropped off with it right because i was 12 Mm. when i started and then when the last book came out i think i was 20 and i was i was stoked for it to come out but i was like shit okay i'm gonna read this and then when the movies come out that's kind of all i really need from it right i don't feel a need to like stay in this world uh much longer and they kept doing extended media right there were video games that were really bad oh a lot Uh, of bad video games that's true oh my god the fucking gamecube ones were fucking terrible yeah um and, uh, you know, they kept going with some of the movies, right? We have the fucking uh, Fantastic Beasts movies now, which that's a whole other thing unto itself when you consider Johnny Depp. Um, oh, yeah. So over time, I kind of just, I felt myself aging out of it, right? Um, but it, it's always that, that thing where it was, 
always that thing where it was hard to kind of ignore that it was super formative for me growing up. Um, and then to see stuff like this, I'm just like, well, shit. Like, I, you know, I'm all these years removed from it. Like, well, one, fuck her, right? She's a shitty person. And looking back at some of the writing, there's a lot of problematic shit there, right? You know, weird subtext for slavery and, you know, even her naming conventions, right? To have a Chinese character named Cho Chang, you know, you have a black character named Kingsley Shacklebolt. So it's like you're, it seems like <laughs> when asked, like, if there were Jewish characters in Hogwarts, she responded with the most, like, racist Jewish type name that you could think of. And it's just like, this is the sort of person who just maybe over time was just responding to maybe fill a status quo or appease people, but wasn't doing it out of genuine, uh, wasn't being genuine about it. Right. So I'm not surprised mm. to see her come out years later as being this person who was just like, yeah, I have these really, um, harmful beliefs and, uh, I'm not afraid to say them because I, I don't know. Some of her writing always kind of rubbed me a little wrong. And, uh, especially as I saw people expose it in ways that I wasn't thinking of like i was like oh yeah that's kind of shitty that's not cool but mm -hmm. yeah to see this kind of bubble over so yeah i i'm i was more of a fan of the the franchise growing up and now faced with this idea of like oh well this game is coming out right we are in a video game space pretty tapped into it we play all new all new releases uh i remember when this was announced like in what 2019 or 2018 when we were seeing the early like leaked videos before we knew that J.K. Rowling had the stance. I was stoked for it. You were too. Yeah, like I was. We, yeah, yeah, we yeah. were like, oh, this we, is we awesome. We wanted, like, th this yeah. sounds like a great idea to do a Batman Arkham in the yeah. Harry Potter universe, right? Like, it's fucking ready-made right Yeah, there like, oh, you, right? cool, I could fucking, you know, choose my house. There's a leveling system. I could fucking take down trolls and like, go on this grand fucking adventure. There's centaurs. It seemed dope. But then it's like, when they officially did the, I think it was during the Sony conference... Uh, I don't remember if that's the one where the P the PS5 was revealed or if it was the one after that. Um, but they finally showcased this, and that's when we already knew what J.K. Rowling was. And we did the live episode around it. Mm. And it's like, God, like, I don't know how to feel about it, right? Like, obviously, yeah. I don't want to jump and support the product, and I definitely don't want to support new things of hers that come out if it benefits her, right? Um, and I know there's a lot of takes on it, right? And I, I don't subscribe to the idea that if you buy the game, you're a bad person. Mm -hmm. But I think there needs to be a bit of like thought and conscientiousness that goes into supporting the product itself, right? Because it goes back to the rights holder, right? She is the rights holder of the game or the IP rather, yeah. right? There was a deal in place where she made money off of it. I don't know if she's going to continue making money off of it. There might be some royalties. She'll get money. Steeped into it. She, she has know. been paid for her yeah. existence exactly. <laughs> and, and so ownership like, over the franchise. Yeah. So she got paid over it. How much influence she actually had in the game development? It was probably minimal, right? Uh, they, they've gone on record and say, no, she had yeah. no influence on the game. Exactly. So this was, it's tough because this is a product made by people who loved Harry Potter. Probably it's a weird thing to say. You have no influence on the game. This is an IP you've made, a world that you've made, characters that you've made. Yeah, right. <laughs> you've had no influence. Get out of here. <laughs> you had no influence, but yet your influence is felt regardless. Yeah. Go write another spy thriller. These <laughs> these wizards are ours, toots. I don't, I don't, I don't know. What no, it was good. It was Cause, good. Because maybe Fantastic yeah. Beasts, like 1920s, I went too far. Yeah. No, no, that was perfect. No, I went too far. <laughs> no, I went too far. Um, but no, that, that, that's the that's the thing that Jesse was writing yeah. in her article, which is, um, I'm not asking you to like go one way or the other. Like, don't mm -hmm. don't buy it, or you'll be a bad person. It's more about just have that mindfulness and understand that <laughs> this this 
this franchise has a looming specter on it mm-hmm. that complicates it. And just to even consider that complication and figure out where you are after understanding it is is all that's really being asked, mm-hmm. right? And if the conclusion is like, you know what? I still want to support the devs. I want to play this game. This matters to me in one degree or another. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sure. You're going to do that, right? Yeah. Or if you say, hey, I can't in good conscience fucking support anything that's to do with jk that's fine too there, yeah. there's no wrong choice here mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's just understand why people are talking about it and don't be fucking diminishing about it completely mm-hmm. like the replies to some people saying what they want to say like on twitter for instance like greg miller just all he did was repost this article mm-hmm. not even with comment he just reposted this article on his twitter and people fucking the wolves came out well i was i was in the twitch chat the day that he and blessing did this episode around around uh, hogwarts yeah around hogwarts legacy and how kind of funny as a company was deciding to cover it and their response was well we're not really going to cover it right like if somebody from the company plays it that's cool but we're not going to stream it you know we're not going to review it it's not going to be one of those things Hmm. and you know that's it's it's an interesting stance and it's it's a it's a good stance to take if, if that's the one you want to lean into, right? Like, again, there's no wrong answer for it. But if you don't feel uh, in in good conscience that you can support it and you don't want to elevate the product in any way, then you shouldn't have to. You it's kind of funny as a company. They're independent, right? They fucking, they're self-founded. They do their own thing. They're not like a, a major media outlet like IGN where they might have to cover it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I do like the idea that there are outlets that are just like, no, we're not going to give this product light, like... I didn't see a lot of even streaming events of like there weren't watch alongs to this, you know. Yeah, who wants to watch alongs to this? So, <laughs> like whatever. Which just tells you how steep with uh controversy it is, right? Like yeah. it's, it's not a simple thing. I don't know. It's there's there's a lot of weird takes. It's like, oh well if you don't support the game, the you're not gonna support the devs and like that's gonna put them in turmoil and strife, right? If the game doesn't do well, maybe the studio will shudder, maybe this or that. And it's like, well that that those are true statements, but you know, the devs also got paid so they, you know, they they got money from the product. The only thing that's maybe in jeopardy is like, yeah, well, maybe this, if it doesn't sell well, they won't get to do another Harry Potter game. Maybe there'll be restructuring. Maybe they'll go to other games or studios. Who knows? Right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that that's a whole God brain, beautiful mind, like, yeah. kind of concern. If and I've said on a previous episode, like, no developer or studio or publisher, like, deserves your money. They don't, yeah. you're not, or I'm sorry, they don't, they're not owed your money. Yeah. In any sort of way, you choose what you buy based off of whatever reasons that you it is attracted to you, right? Mm-hmm. It it's always one hundred percent a gamble, mm-hmm. right? And they happen to be uh, playing with an IP that is steeped in controversy. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact of it. Sorry, I don't think you as a consumer are personally responsible for devs being out on the street, mm-hmm. which is not the scenario that's probably going to play out no that's right? a lot of onus to put on a consumer to be like if you don't buy this people are going to be homeless or they're going to lose right. their job it's like what? whoa i don't that's <laughs> not how this works yeah. <laughs> that's not how any of this works right and if that were the case then you should feel responsible for every game you don't buy that's you're you're actively endangering developers yeah. by not going on steam and adding the cart on almost everything yeah <laughs> you understand me yeah me not buying <laughs> final fantasy stranger of paradise right. That fucks up Nomura. Yeah, Nomura right will not be able so. to ruin another game <laughs> if you don't buy this game. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a thing. No, I think that argument is just so fucking. It's weird. It's a weird thing. It is. I mean, yeah. I've been in that same boat of kind of being like, oh yeah, well if you don't support, it, then it fucks with the devs. But it's like, 
Still. <laughs> when did I become, when did I enter a contractual basis to protect this development team of yeah, people right. I've never met? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm sorry, what? That's yeah. a strange one. Okay. I, did, I didn't know. I, is this a part of the, my taxes? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, fuck. I don't Avalanche games? Okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I, I think the thing that probably sucks about it most, though, is like there is a team of people who... One, grew up loving J.K. Rowling, or maybe didn't, uh, and two, are passionate about it, right? And are maybe actively thrashing against her. Well, loving her works anyway. Huh? I think we, we can agree. People that grew up loving her works. Yeah. In the same way. We don't know her just because we know her words. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I feel that. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't know if anybody grew up going, like, I idolize J.K. Sure. Maybe somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Th- there might be. But yeah. th- that's to say, like, you know, it, for a lot of people maybe jumping on the product initially, that could have been an exciting thing. And now that all this is happening, it it sucks because they want to celebrate the product, but yeah. there's so much negative discourse around it that, like, they can't even really get to uh, revel in, in what they've made, you know? Right. And that, that, that sucks. Like, it sucks that one person, her actions has kind of toppled down to creators uh, in, in a whole different media sphere yeah i gotta tell you we all have to or these developers especially have to feel some level of anxiety over over these controversies and shit and there's like one simple fucking solve mm-hmm. um jk rowling can fix her broken heart <laughs> she's the one at fault for all of this none of us would have to have this conversation if she didn't decide to use her platform to be transphobic mm-hmm. i gotta tell you there's a lot of great celebrities out there mm-hmm. that don't use their platforms of varying size to be transphobic yeah it's it's pretty fucking simple she could fix this for all of us where there's no conversation anymore about like should i should i feel bad about wanting to own a a wizarding wand Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like go visit flintwick and make them make a unicorn hair (laughs) 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 fucking wand right like we wouldn't have to feel these heart complications if jk rowling fixed her heart Mm-hmm. and stop being transphobic that's it you know i i'm a, hey i'm pragmatic though yeah oh, I'm, a re- I'm a realist i'm a realist she doesn't even have to fix her heart she just needs to shut the fuck up and i will consider that the same mm-hmm. this is your this is your free pass jk i know you're listening mm-hmm. this is your free pass you could just shut the fuck up about about the, your transphobic bile and we can all just call it a day and say, hey, she fixed her heart. Even if you didn't, Grinch. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it, it's one of those things where if she changes her way, it's still damage done, right? True. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Especially the stances and things she's kind of said in support of her ideals. It's just like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I know. There's water damage all over the house, but we still need to find the leak and just kind of like turn it off. And she's the leak right now. We got just right there. You know, just just shut up. Mm-hmm. And then we can all be in the wizarding world with um the the gang <laughs> yeah we can go to gringotts we could fucking go on the dragon ride we can right we can do that we can be young at heart again get some fucking butter beer mm-hmm. and get real sloppy yeah start doing some love spells on each other Ooh. Uh, uh, oh and mortentia potion going make somebody fall in love with you if I ever tell tell you about the candy cane stick Hmm. Oh, oh, it's a fun little joke that the young wizards play on each other's penises. Oh, what? <laughs> what? Come on, George. That's not a fun prank. It's a prank. <laughs> yeah, you have a candy dick. <laughs> What's a worse fate, having a candy dick or being chemically castrated? <laughs> wow, full circle. Yeah, I don't know. We did it. I don't know. With this, this episode is perfectly balanced. <laughs> candy dick. <laughs> chemically castrated 
Oh, canonically, um, chemically castrated. <laughs> I I don't know. It's this is a hard one to like kind of have like I guess good closing thoughts on. I had the I did yeah. the root cause analysis. Or, we need yeah. to, we need to stop J.K. Rowling. Yeah, exactly. We <laughs> <laughs> need to shut her the fuck up. Yeah, uh, that's not a threat. I'm just saying she just needs to shut the fuck up. Yeah, you I will think... know when it's a threat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the thought of maybe the fact that um, you know you know what happened to Mad Eye Moody right where like he was locked in Stuff a trunk box yeah and somebody was like masquerading as him I think yeah, it yeah. was one of the crouches um, it was David Tennant yeah it was David Tennant acting like this other person Bartleby I like to think this is son? a real what Bartleby Crouch's son or was he Bartleby Crouch I, uh, I, I think Barnaby. he was he was a son yeah it's, it's been a okay. while yeah. but uh, I like the thought that the real J.K. Rowling is locked <laughs> in a fucking like trunk somewhere and this is just I don't know like a English turf master <laughs> that is you know trying to be her oh wow yeah. wow you figured it out yeah. we, she's been she's been drinking that well, goose juice <laughs> I forget what it's called. Yeah, some of the terms kind of escaped me. I yeah. remember Candy Dick, but I don't remember much else about about what was happening there. Yeah. Uh, one of the Weasleys died. Fucking. One of them lost their ear. Yeah. Accio Gravestone. <laughs> wow. Hogwarts well, Legacy. Yeah, this went on a tangent. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to buy this game. No, and I, like, I, I think I told you, like, there might be someday where I'll maybe play it pre-owned. I will mm. never buy it new. I will never mm. buy it in a way that, you know, new sales benefit the creator. But right. it's it's still tricky because to support the product in any way, it, it does hurt, you know, the trans community. And that is not a stance that I want to like knowingly take. Right. Like I don't like I have trans friends, I have non-binary friends and it's like, you know, some of them are excited about it, but still it's like, again, I think it should be like a personal choice, how people want to approach it. Right. And it it just, I don't know. It feels shitty to know that like something that I might be enjoying could be at the benefit of somebody else. And it's just a fucking video game anyway. So like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think they should have renamed the game, re IP'd it. Like, but I think, uh, Maybe it's tough when the deal was already in place and it was supposed to be a Harry Potter game, but hmm. I, th- I don't know. They could have reskinned it. It could have just been like generic wizard game, you know? A really crazy sequel to Bully. Yeah. Like an insanely different Bully mm-hmm. sequel where it's like, this is a wizarding school? What the fuck? Yeah, for sure. They, I mean, it wouldn't have been made, mm-hmm. I guess is the thing that I'm yeah, thinking of. Like, th- this game would not have been made if it wasn't Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if there's an appetite to have a, a wizard IP uh, made from scratch. I don't know. Maybe there is. There, there could be. I mean, people like their magic builds, as evidenced by Elden Ring. So, yeah. you know. Are you saying we have a tough time looking elsewhere for magic in this world? <laughs> JK's got the monopoly on magic. She does. Magical worlds. Yeah. I mean, there's magic in Game of Thrones. That's true. That's true. There's a lot going on there, though. Yeah. Dude got sick and had scales. <laughs> yeah, that, who was that again? Uh, I forget his name. Davos? Davos? Yeah, he got hit the dragon scale. That's right. That's right. Yeah. He cured it by peeling it. It's fine. Um, I've seen some some stores, like bookstores, take a stance on J.K. Rowling sure. in interesting ways. Yeah, yeah, a lot of independent stores out here where... Uh, they've stopped carrying her works entirely and it's like they'll make it available if people like order it online hmm. um, but they won't carry it on the shelves um, Interesting. and like because there's a lot of like independent bookstores around here with a lot of non-binary you know gay trans folk and uh you know they're like oh no we don't want to carry this book fuck jk rowling and uh, yeah you know i think uh it's it's a bold and 
awesome stance to be able to make, right? Uh, especially in the face of like one of the most prolific children's book authors, right? Her, she's probably the most popular children's book author, right? Mm-hmm, the um, kingpin of words. The kingpin of words and magic. Um, so to just be able to be like, no, we're not going to carry that. We have so many other books we can sell. Like, fuck that. Like, that, that's awesome. Right. Um, and then much like that here, there's other games to play. So There's other games to play with magic. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands is coming out soon. Oh, yeah. There was a there was an event for it yesterday and today, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Were we invited? No. Randy. No, because we fucking hate Randy Pitchford, apparently. Randy. Yeah, we, we did that whole expose on the Peacock Theater. Oh, yeah. I wonder how that's going. How's that going? Yeah. I mean, when's the last time he got sued? It's a good point. A good Randy's point. been quiet these days. You're right. Something's wrong. Well, I think he's working on the Borderlands movie. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, Kevin actually, Hart. Remember Kevin Hart? <laughs> remember Jack Black? All these great yep, people? Yep. I do recall this. That's a movie that's happening. Yep. We're going to go see it. Are you ready? Maybe. Uh, I'm a meat bicycle. I mean, we're going to have to see it and probably review it because it's what the people expect. Boom, chicka, wow, wow, <laughs> and other loud noises yeah. as dialogue. I love it. I'm ready for it, dude. Wow. If only to support Eli Roth. Wow, I forgot that he was the one. <laughs> He's the one bringing us this gold. God. Yeah, absolutely. My God. We've covered this all before, but Yeah, we have. Well, there are things uh, that I try and black out of my memory. Right? Jack black out of your memory. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, Come on, man. It's going to be good. He's going to be like, oh, chit-chit-pow, double-wub-wub. Yeah. I'm Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the only way we can dismount off this is, you know, like we started Stand with Ukraine. Fuck turfs. Fuck J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and don't be a shitty person. There's a lot of strong stances, by the way. Yeah. A lot of strong stances you got here. And I'm very appreciative of the moxie that you've brought. Thank She's you. like Borderlands moxie. Oh, <laughs> and I set you up for that. Oh. Well, guys, I think uh, that's all we got for this one. Uh, thank you for sticking around to another Save Room News Beat. Of course. Uh, and if you do me a favor, can you uh, mosey on over to the National Center for Transgender Equality mm-hmm. uh, and think about making a donation? By the by, I actually have it set up on the Red Herb where you can the donate button for that on know. one of my panels. Cool. So if you want to go over there. Yeah. To, to, I'll put that link in the episode description. That. Thank you very much. So, there we go. Thank you very much. Yeah. We stand in solidarity with our trans friends. So, you know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I hate you, JK. <laughs> Um, and I'm not just kidding about that. I hate not you. just kidding, J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Well, What's ever Joanne, Joanne Carey, Joanne Carey, fix your heart. <laughs> well, if you guys wanted to fix your heart for us, uh, two things you could do: go over to Spotify. We got a rating feature over there. Give oh, us yeah. a good old five star, and then follow us on Twitter at Save Room Show. Let us know you left a five star rating. Yeah, yeah. We'll give you a coupon. What will it be for? Who knows? Something expired. Maybe marshmallow peeps. Ooh. <laughs> well, because it's springtime now. It's so, almost Easter. Yeah, almost Easter. That is true. I'm going to hide so many peeps everywhere. No, please. <laughs> On top of all the vents. <laughs> We're going to get ants. <laughs> We're going to get giant Miyazaki ants all over this apartment. Oh, uh, you'd be so lucky. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> all right. Well, good night, everybody, I think. Yeah, no, I think that's safe to say. All right, good night. Good night. Good night, guys. Nah, good night. Hey, good night. Just good night, man. Hey, man. Sleep tight. Hey. Hey. Go to bed. Accio, good night. (laughs) Accio, bed sheet.